Ricola Valverde. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, show 331. And this one's going to be a doozy. We're going to be giving you that FF knowledge, giving you all that goo to give you the goods to win in week 13. Forgot to name this show, so we're going to just call this one. Forgot to name this show for week 13. Pyro Podcast in full effect. Happy to announce I've got both the boys on the show. We're doing an Uber conference. We are not together. So I got Houdini to the north of me in the city, and I got Stag Party to the northwest of me. And I am D-Rex, and I'm in the city directly. This We are Pyromaniac.com. I swear to God, I haven't even taken a sip of beer yet. Um, but I'm going to. What's going on, fellas? What up? How You uh, You know, the, it's it, the, one of the reasons we're not together is because the weather uh, gave us our first real snowfall here in Chicago. And uh, parking is a bitch by your place as it is. So Uber it is. Uber it Uber is. Yeah. Could be in multiple different facets, the Uber. We chose the conference for this one. Uh, <laughs> things are going well. Uh, it's a good week, week 13. You know, you're getting to that prime playoff time uh, where you really decide where you're at, or maybe you're even starting playoffs if you're in a league where it's a little bit early. It's, it's a good week. You know, you could determine a lot of playoff positioning here. Uh, in this one matchup, so it's important. No question, no question. Uh, exciting stuff. As you know, we like to go off of the NFL.com schedule on their websites. So go to NFL.com, hit schedule, go to week 13, and um, got a pretty solid game here in a couple nights. Saints at the Cowboys, the new-look Cowboys, the Amari Cooper, at willing to break it open, Cowboys. But it all starts with the Saints, pretty much as dominant as they get right now. A, a Super Bowl favorite. Um, you got Drew Brees, who's pretty much the probably the favorite at this point um, for MVP. And uh, what do you guys think? It seems like the backfield is, is kind of been um, – they've both been really solid. But uh, no, there hasn't been just – I don't know. It seems like it's not – both of them don't seem to be able to not rile it up uh, and get too disgusting uh, each in the same week. No, I, I think that's exactly what you have. You kind of have a little bit of attrition on both of them. You know, I was kind of looking at both of uh, Ingram and, and Kamara's numbers, and, you know, Kamara is, is giving you great yardage, and when he's scoring those touchdowns where he's had a couple of two- and three-touchdown games, that's where he, he piles on the fantasy points, but – uh, it's not for getting, you know, 170, 180 yards from scrimmage. And and the fact is that they kind of, uh, up until last week, uh, the two previous weeks had really been uh, relying more on Ingram as the pure runner and Kamara was uh, not getting as many touches or being as effective as a runner. And it, it was yeah. weird. Also, I think Kamara only had one catch last week too. It's, or, or maybe that was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Um but he had those touchdowns, so it was – he's all over the place. Yeah, it, it's been a, a little bit difficult to project because they're not going as run-heavy as they were last season. 
they're mixing it up. They're letting Drew Brees do whatever he wants because he's literally doing whatever he wants on the football field right now. He's just dropping dimes uh, to, you know, what, four undrafted players, dropping dimes down the sideline to Ben Watson. So they're just diversifying their, you know, scoring chances and making people defend everybody. And with a guy like Drew Brees who could break down the defense uh, before the ball's even snapped and then uses eye manipulation to move safeties where he wants them, you know, once the ball's snapped, it, it's been killer. Um, and, it, you know, last week it was just sort of weird that, you know, Kamara and Ingram weren't involved in the scoring, but, you know, neither was Michael Thomas. Um, the guys who were, you know, Dan Arnold, Austin Carr, Keith Kirkwood, uh, they, they were all involved, you know, first couple TDs for a lot of those guys. Uh, and Troy Quan Smith wasn't in the action as he was, you know, held out in that Thursday game last week. So he's going to be an interesting player uh, to see if he comes back. If not, you know, I think you can maybe, you know, look for matchups, maybe play in Austin Carr if you're absolutely desperate uh, if Traquan doesn't go, but if he does, I think it's, you know, you're pretty much playing Ingram, Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Traquan Smith, and of course, Drew Brees, because this offense, you know, is going to score points. The only real concern is, hey, did the Cowboys, you know, play their brand of football and keep the ball away, keep scoring down and, and make it tough for these guys? Yeah, that's going to be interesting for Brees. Um, you know, and it's also interesting here, he's, He's had what uh, uh, over the last four weeks? He's had 15 touchdown passes and one interception. Um, that's on fire. But this is also a very interesting stretch as we hit the playoffs for the Saints. They got three road games in a row. So you got at Dallas the week after. Next week is is not that bad at all at Tampa, and then they get at Carolina. So it's interesting as you're looking at your playoffs here, and if you look at Drew Brees. Uh, his last road game was at a poor defensive team in Cincinnati. He threw for 265 and three scores. Uh, but prior to that, at Minnesota, he threw for 120 with one score. Uh, at Baltimore, 212 yards with two scores. Uh, at the Giants, 217 with no scores. Uh, he did light up Atlanta in week three. Sweet. Well, there you go. Um, should we move over to uh, the Cowboys side? Is there anything, um, anything else on the Saints? I think we pretty much hit everybody. Cool. Let's go to the Cowboys. Obviously, things are uh, looking pretty uh, pretty nice and different over there. Not that necessarily Dak has changed his game all that much. I don't think it still isn't over 300 yards on the season. Um, and a lot of those Amare uh, games uh, or big plays are coming off of medium, uh, uh, short, and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, intermediate. Intermediate, thank you, routes. Um, so not really much changing, but now you got a talented guy that can make some shit happen. And last on Thanksgiving, he sure did that. And it was kind of funny. Even afterwards, Jerry Jones, like, damn, this guy's trying to get paid. <laughs> uh, yeah. what do you guys think happens? Obviously, Ezekiel Elliott is just a snap and, uh, um, uh, target and look share machine on that offense. He seems to have it, uh, going, what do you expect in this matchup? Can the Saints get up enough where they, they kind of take away some of the run game, or is that just not possible with the, Saints, uh, the Cowboys? I mean, my, my thought is that the Saints could be getting up to eliminate 
the Cowboys run game, but I wouldn't be fading off Zeke because they've also been, you know, interspersing him enough as a receiver that he's going to remain viable. Plus he's always a touchdown threat. So you're not too worried there. Uh, You know, Dak Prescott really has played better with Amari Cooper. Uh, He's taking more, you know, shots into tight windows because he's got a guy he can trust there. Um, You know, looking at the other weapons, they're all moved down to being second or third uh, in the pecking order. And that works better for their sort of skill sets. Um, You know, no longer is Cole Beasley being decided upon and relied upon. Uh, to be the number one option because we know that's just not something he can do. Absolutely. And the other thing too, is that, you know, for Amari, it's been a a rejuvenation since he's come here and uh, the having Ezekiel Elliott, who is going to draw most of the attention uh, is still allowing him to be able to, to get some favorable matchups and, and to get that play action opportunity. So, um, you know, but again, if, 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 Amari's going to keep seeing a target share uh, upwards of eight to ten plus targets a game. You know he's a go. He is a go. Yeah. He is definitely a go until we see otherwise. Uh, and he's got one of the most favorable schedules going down the stretch. So if he's somebody you know you took a chance on and acquired uh, during you know the turmoil that was you know him getting traded mid-season, you know, not the greatest thing for a wide receiver. If you took a chance there, it could be really be paying off come uh, playoff time here. And if you drafted him in, like, the third round, uh, maybe the fourth round, uh, and you just kind of were he was sitting on your bench at one point, you're like, God, that was a garbage pick I made. But you held on to him. Um, he's having a nice little mid-season renaissance, and now you're pumped and you look, uh, you look like a genius. Question for you. Um, at first, it's not a question, but just eye test. Um, just the route running and the speed out of his breaks. And just looking at him play, uh, I guess you just don't really. Uh, I guess, in, in all honesty, I just haven't watched so much of the Raiders uh, over the course of the past couple of years. You know, I was high on Amari his first year or two in the league, and he kind of left me with a sour taste in my mouth. Um, so I haven't just been watching too many Raiders games outright where I just sit and stare at the guy. But you you look at him right now, and it's just you, you see why he was such a high draft pick. Like he was fourth overall or something. Um, it, it just the eye test just looks like the talent is just ridiculous. So hopefully it can keep on going. Hopefully the uh, my always my issue with him is Houdini knows is kind of a little bit of a lack of heart. Uh, he can get a little bit um, aloof in games. So. Hopefully he's in it to win it, and he can help turn around uh, the Cowboys. And so, if so, and Dak is their future, it's, it's a nice little trio there that obviously we haven't had um, probably since Dez's uh, first season with uh, with with uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, but the other thing too, um, you know, I agree with all the things you're saying. If you look at Dak just uh, as the last point for for Dak on this week. You know, uh, as a streaming option or as uh, depending on, on a matchup that you're looking at, you got to figure that they're going to be having to score a lot of points in order to, to keep up with the Saints. So, you know, and Dak finally getting to the point where he attempted more than 30 passes last week. So it, it could be a good opportunity. And, and remember, you know, he did get a, have a rushing touchdown, so uh, he can do it with his legs as well. Yeah, Dak's, you know, how we talked about at the beginning of the season where Dak – uh, was a guy you weren't like likely going to start uh, on a ton of week basis. 
but he was going to end up being like the 12th to 15th best quarterback. And, and right now that's coming to fruition. He's right there at quarterback 15. He's got five rushing touchdowns on the season. Uh, he's, got, he's got 279 yards rushing. So he's just, you know, very effective as a mixed player. And when you're playing four point passing, uh, you know, no matter what you're getting for interceptions and six point rushing touchdowns, that's the guy who's going to finish as a borderline top 12 quarterback. It just depends on how many weeks you could actually go out and start him. But now, you know, against the saints, it's going to look pretty good for him. Cool. All right. Well, let's go go to the next matchup. That's the uh, Thursday night game. Um, let's go to the next matchup. But before we do, let's listen to a word from our sponsors. All right. The Ravens are going to be going uh, down to Atlanta, the Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium, and they have announced that Lamar Jackson is indeed getting his third start, I believe, um, against the Falcons. Falcons coming off uh, – uh, a loss on um, the evening of Thanksgiving. Everyone kind of was dozing in and out watching that game. So all the, the trip to fan uh, knockout punch that all the food earlier in the day gave us. Uh, let's start with the Ravens. Gus, in Gus we trust, uh, had another 100 yards uh, this week. That's back-to-back for the rookie. Um, what do you guys think? It looks like um, people that were able to – be high on the waiver wire or saw the, saw the tea leaves two weeks, three weeks ago um, and picked them up are going to be certainly rewarded. feels almost a little bit like Alex Collins did more in the beginning. They're probably like week three, week four of last year. Uh, But give me, give me your lowdown stags on what you think with Gus and does this kind of spell and make Alex Collins uh, almost worthless, or is there enough uh, to eat for both these guys? Well, Alex Collins was out last week, and that gave even more opportunity for Gus Edwards uh, and these other guys to succeed. Now, we could debate the reason he was out, and that could be something totally different because he did practice you know, uh, on late in the week and then ended up not practicing on Saturday, so it was like, is he in or is he out? Is it injury or is he, you know, mad about his playing time? Uh, what what exactly is happening here? But, you know, Gus looks to have supplanted him, and, and they'd rather keep these other, you know, more functional, uh, multidimensional pieces like Javorius Allen and like Ty Montgomery active on game day rather than just another grinder when you have Gus Edwards because – that's sort of two redundant assets that you might not need. So we could definitely get a clear indication on whether or not Alex Collins is active by, you know, how big Gus Edwards, you know, impact could be. And, you know, this week against the Falcons, Falcons have been torched by running backs, you know, all season and then somehow play pretty well against the saints uh, on Thursday night. I just don't think, uh, you know, with how the Ravens are currently constructed, and Lamar Jackson, his running attack and, you know, stretching the field horizontally, it plays great for a guy who wants to get up the field vertically, a one-cut type of runner who's not going to make any fuss about it and just gets up the damn field. And those two, you know, combinations of a quarterback who's, you know, running that arc read and a running back who's getting right up, 
in the A-gaps usually works out pretty well. We saw it you know, with Alfred Morris and RG3. Now we're seeing a little bit different rendition here with Gus Edwards. And if you pick them up, you know, he's going to be an RV2 for you weekly, in my opinion. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is that Lamar Jackson has become a viable start as well because of what he does for you as a runner. And, you know, he gave you a little bit more as a, as a passer last week. He threw for 178 yards, benefit to the 74-yard uh, catch and run by uh, uh, Mark Andrews. Uh, but, you know, he was picked two times. The second one really wasn't his fault. It was a, a double-tip ball um, in the end zone. But, you know, you can see his game developing, but he still has another rushing touchdown. He doesn't rush it 27 times. He rushes 11. Still gains 71 yards with the score. So the, the problem there, though, is that he's just not throwing enough to make you feel as good as you were feeling before in the season about like a guy like John Brown, uh, you know, who was targeted seven times this last week, but they only connected once. So, you know, that timing is going to be an issue. And, and at the time right now where, where they're being successful is, is letting, letting Lamar, you know, run the ball and, and, and kind of spread the ball around. Uh, you know, you look at all the different receivers that he connected with. It was uh, – it's actually out of 14 passes, and he, he what he connected to uh, was it like six or seven different receivers. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not comfortable starting any of, any of the pass catchers because we talk, you know, even against the Falcons uh, for all the factors that you talked about. The closest one for me is you know probably John Brown, but man, that's just not looking like a great connection right now. It's going to have to be one where they extend the play uh, and push it vertically, but uh, we just haven't seen many of those deep shots drawn up as of yet. What about anyone else in the, uh, in the wide receiver crew? Crabtree uh, had a, a, one of his better games uh, last week. Um, Willie, uh, you, you think you, you're, you just think Brown's the only guy when you've got Lamar back there? I don't, I'm not playing any of them. Like okay. with, with a quarterback who's maybe going to throw it 25 times uh, and the breakup between the tight ends, the running backs and the wide receivers, nobody's trustable at all. Is Joe Flacco healthy or is this a coaching decision that they're just saying, Hey, we, uh, we want to we keep running with Lamar. If Joe Flacco, if they wanted to, could they go to him and have Flacco start or <laughs> is, Lamar, is Lamar starting by default of, I, look, they 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 got a two game win streak. Uh, he's got a hip; they can hide it by benching him and saying it's still the hip. Uh, he probably could play, but why would you? You know, you drafted this guy in the first round uh, to be your your new franchise quarterback eventually, and uh, he's coming in and he's giving you wins. So at this point in time, you know you gotta you gotta buy him with an injury to give you an extra week to to let him play. Use that use whatever method you got. You got to give what you got. All right, let's move over to the Falcons side of the ball. What a what a what a rough rough season for these guys. Uh, two years removed from the Super Bowl, and the last two seasons have been um, definitely ones to forget. Um, Matt Ryan still a top five. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm not looking at the stats, but still a top five uh, ish fantasy quarterback. Julio Jones leads the league in the yards. Um, so that tandem still doing it. Um, what do you think, uh, you know, 
Julio coming off another nice game. If for this game, is it a Julio game? You know, even even in that last game, Ridley and Sanu uh, had did, did did all right as well. Ridley would have even had a better game um, if he hadn't fumbled at like the one yard line, I believe. Uh, what are your expectations for the wide receiver and and uh, and Matt Ryan? And then uh, give us your thoughts on Coleman, who's been kind of a, a letdown with the opportunity that he's been afforded with uh, Devontae being out for the season. Yeah, um, you look at Matt Ryan, he's the third quarterback overall. He's on pace to complete 71% of his uh, uh, passes on over 630 attempts, 5,355 yards, 35 touchdowns to seven interceptions. Like Matt Ryan's been the least of their worries, but their defense uh, you know, has been an issue and scoring in crunch times at times, you know, has been a real problem and you know, Matt Ryan had one of his you know worst games in the turnover department last week, um, and they were able to get a lot of pressure on him. You know, and that's not something that Ryan really loves. But you know, I'm locking in Julio. Then you're looking at you know they're probably going to play a lot of coverage towards Julio's side. That gives you room to Calvin Ridley. I like Calvin Ridley, um, but you know this is still a tough Ravens defense. Uh, that'll come out and smack you around a little bit. So I'm not completely all in on the Falcons here, despite being at home, uh, you know, late in the season and what should be great weather uh, in a dome, you know? Well, Calvin, can Calvin Ridley uh, be, you know, in these last five games, um, given the schedule, is he a guy you think that could um, make it over 1,000 yards and 10, touch, 10 touchdowns for his rookie season? Oh man! Um, He's had some explosive, explosive games. He really just needs to be okay. They've all they've all sort of come in bunches, and then he sort of slowed down for a middle portion of the season. Calvin Ridley's a tough, um, you know, thousand yard projection. I don't know about that. He's at six twenty five for the season, so we need to average three seventy five over the next five games. Uh, if you had to ask me, I'd bet on him being under, you know, 600 or 1,000 total yards. But, hell, the eight touchdowns plays, uh, and he does have a t- chance to get to 10 with how viable he's been in the red zone and as a big play threat. <laughs> what was that? I, I don't know. Uh <laughs> wasn't me. Well, hey, I guess that's a good uh, segue. Let's talk a little bit about Tevin Coleman and, uh, you know, going up against this Baltimore defense. And even for the receivers, too, this is one of these games for for Atlanta. I don't think you're not just because of the defense that you're playing, that you're not going to score as many points, but because of the offense that the the Ravens are playing, I think that's going to take points off of the board uh, overall as well. When a team is going to be running the ball with their quarterback and with Gus Edwards and when Ty Montgomery or Alex Collins, whoever all is back there, uh, 30 times a game, and then your quarterback's going to run the ball another 7, 8, 10, 11, 12 times a game, that's a lot of time of possession and longer drives and uh, just a lot of missed opportunities. And then you get like a three and out. And all of a sudden, you're like, wow, where did the last 10 minutes of this quarter go? And and you got no production at all. So it's kind of one of those muck it up type games when you play a quarterback that runs as much as Lamar Jackson does uh, that I think it can, you know, if there are not a lot of 
big plays, uh, it really kind of limits the amount of opportunities that Atlanta will have on offense. And also you look at the Ravens, their defense is uh, best in the league uh, at defending yards, uh, 295-ish. And you look at Matt Ryan, we talked to Stags, talked about the projections. Right now he leads the league in passing yards, uh, 3,683. 3, and Julio leads uh, in receiving yards. So I agree, man. you got a, you got a yardage uh, offense in the Atlanta going against a non-yardage defense in the Ravens. It's, I don't think it's going to look the way you're uh, – when you got these fantasy guys in your lineup, you got, you're got envisioning all the great uh, the greatness that's going to happen for the week and all the points are going to pop up. But this one uh, could be a low, lower-scoring affair and be a mucker. Uh, this is the kind of game I'd probably want to look at. Uh, you know, Pyromaniac Moe's weekly spreading the lines of fantasy piece. See what the Vegas uh, over-under is. See what the Vegas implied point total is uh, for each of these teams. I think you'll be surprised. It'll be lower than you expect. Um, let's go over. Got anything else on that one, Stag Party, or should we move on? No, I do think a good opportunity here lies with uh, Austin Hooper, you know, going up against the Ravens linebackers, and that's probably one of the areas that are most susceptible in terms of, you know, success rate allowed and things along that lines. Nice. Um Let's go to the next game we've got at hand, and that is going to be Carolina Panthers are heading down to Tampa Bay to face the Buccaneers. Buccaneers coming off a nice win, beat down on San Francisco, and Carolina lost a, uh, a just a, a heartbreaking one for them uh, against the surging Seattle Seahawks. Um, let's start with the Panthers the visiting team. I mean, you know, Cam always getting it done. Christian McCaffrey is just a fucking beast. He's a machine. Um, I'm sure Stags has got something up there. I can I can find a couple of tweets that I saw from Scott Barrett over the past couple of days. But just some of the things he's doing as a pass catcher and a runner um, in the yardage uh, standpoint or off the charts. Uh, Stag party, give us a little rundown, if you will, on what your thoughts are on uh, this offense and what to expect in this game. Um, against the defense up until last week against the Niners, um, who was led by a, an undrafted quarterback getting his second start. Uh, it, it, it didn't do as good as everyone kind of thought they might. What, what have the Panthers got in store? Is this a revenge game after that uh, heartbreaking loss? I mean, this is one that they sort of have to have, you know, sitting at six and five. You need, you know, you're in a dog fight with those Seattle Seahawks who beat you for a playoff spot. You know, Minnesota's still battling for a playoff spot or the Bears. Uh, if they somehow fall out of the league lead uh, or the NFC North lead, excuse me, uh, it's going to be tough to get in the playoffs in the NFC this year. And there's going to be a couple good football teams who are left on the sidelines because of just how tough, you know, the competition's been. But looking at the Carolina Panthers, um, they should be able to do you know, have a great game here against Tampa Bay. Uh, they are still allowing the most yardage per game to opposing offenses despite holding down Nick Mullins. Um, but, man, you look at what, what these guys are doing, you know, as rushers because Cam Newton's, you know, big there, and now they're adding even more dimension with the passing game, you know, with DJ Moore. Curtis Samuel looks to be ascending. Um you know, Jarius Wright's playing out of the slot and, you know, doing some nice things. 
you know, Greg Olson's looking healthier and healthier despite, you know, not having a breakout game uh, last week. But you're pretty much starting everyone on the Carolina Panthers uh, going up against Tampa Bay because that's just how good the matchup is. Christian McCaffrey should absolutely be locked in everywhere. Um, He could do it as a rusher. He's still on pace to tie or break Matt Forte's single-season record for a running back, uh, basically in a dead heat with Alvin Kamara. So we're going to see, you know, what guy ends up there. But, you know, when he has the opportunity to catch, you know, eight to ten passes a game um, and then do a lot with those passes, it's fun in football to watch sometimes. Yeah, and I'll tell you this too, like a guy that's been – Pretty much disappointing for you fantasy-wise over the last three weeks is uh, Greg Olson, uh, who in that time has had eight catches for 60 yards and one touchdown. Uh, But the silver lining, uh, the week uh, prior to those three games, he did play against Tampa, and he had six catches for 76 yards and a score. So, you know, everything gets brighter when you play Tampa. Whoa. That's neither of you guys? I it's not me. Don't know where that's coming from. I can't tell you. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, I have no idea what it is either. I've got a co- I've got a Twitter open, but th- I don't think that's coming from Twitter. Uh, other than that, yeah, that's strange. Um, awesome. Well, we're just gonna get. We've got the aliens beaming down on us um, from somewhere. Uh, there was a story uh, a couple weeks ago that literally it, it was on NPR um, <clears throat> that. Uh, an air, a couple airlines, a couple different airlines, pat, pilots saw what they thought were aliens, like uh, a spacecraft. They were like, there's no way this is human. It's moving too fast. Check it out. I won't get into any of those conspiracy theories, but this was like true news. Um, let's go. One thing I'll say about um, – what was I going to say? Olsen now. I wasn't going to say him. Oh, yeah. You, you mentioned it with uh, Samuel kind of uh, getting viable. Looks like I think he's got about four straight weeks with touchdowns. Um, can he get enough touches to make it so that it's uh, he's a guy that's actually in your lineup, or is it just touchdown feast or famine? I mean, it's going to depend. Is Devin Funches going to be active? Um, because if Funches is inactive, then he sort of moves up the pecking order. There's more for everybody to go around. So it's going to take watching the uh, reports this week to really figure out where he's at. Um, That's my thought. I mean, it's tough to completely write him in. He hasn't been used much in between the 20s, but that's something we have to see develop. Cool. Do you think – it's pretty amazing with McCaffrey how he's, he's, he's a stout guy, but he's not the biggest dude. The way that he's being able to take uh, the the hits and the rigors of um, just that that sheer volume that he's actually getting that was always the big question mark with him as a uh, a first round draft pick out of Stanford. Um, he, he he looks like he knows how to take a hit. So is that a guy that could go a thousand thousand? I think he'll end up under that mark this year, but I, I do think it's well in the range of possibilities for his you know entire career. Cool. Let's move over to the Buccaneers. Houdini, um, I know you like J- Jameis. You have him in some of your uh, dynasty teams. Um, 
Hopefully you didn't shed him, or if you did, you did. But uh, give us a little lowdown on this matchup. James Winston uh, back at the helm. Uh, is this a good matchup for him? Uh, anybody else you're looking to on this uh, squad? Looks like Peyton Barber actually got, had an all right game last week. What are your thoughts on some of the Buccaneers outings going to happen this weekend? Well, I mean, I, 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 Jameis is an anchor on one of my teams. So, yes, <laughs> he's there. Uh, he's going to be there for a while. Uh, whether he'll be still be a buck after this, we'll, 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 we'll find out. But, you know, he seems to be playing a lot more uh, uh, smarter, a, a lot uh, uh, while being aggressive, not being stupidly aggressive. So he didn't throw an interception last week. Uh, un- understanding that he's, you know, playing for, uh, you know, this is the carousel. He, he could easily lose his job again uh, with another bad performance. Uh, Barber only looks really good because he scored a touchdown last week. Uh, you know, 18 carries for 47 yards. Uh, the, the, the run game has just really not been nothing to write home about for Tampa Bay. I don't expect it to get much better this week against Carolina. Um, you know, you, you still got to love uh, Mike Evans. Uh, so he, it was nice. He had 116 yards, no touchdowns, you know, as far as uh, the other guy that's always seeming to score whenever Jameis is playing is Cameron Brait. Uh, so you, you always have to like that matchup with, uh, with Brait there. Um, and then the, the problem still is for Deshaun Jackson owners. I, I, I you just can't trust that he and Jameis are ever going to get on the same page. So I, I fade on Deshaun Jackson and, uh, you know, if I'm looking for the other guys, uh, you know, between Godwin and, uh, and Humphreys, you know, Godwin. We might, we might luck out here, though, Houdini, because Deshaun Jackson, you know, is seeing a thumb specialist. Uh, there's talk about him, you know, either going down for the season or at least being down for this game. So we could see a lot more clarity in the roles of Adam Humphreys and Chris Godwin because there's no Deshaun Jackson there. Well, that would help. Did you guys see Deshaun Jackson? Did you guys watch that game at all? Um, Deshaun Jackson was wearing game time. You know, a lot of guys wear necklaces. We've seen, you know, basically most of the players, most of the wide receivers are wearing some sort of metal necklace. Uh, so be it. But Deshaun Jackson in that game on Sunday was literally wearing a thick gold Cuban uh, threaded bracelet. Like uh, over his over his tape, right? It was dangling over his glove. Like the guy was wearing, like I don't know how much it was, but it was pure fucking gold. A bracelet during the game. Just shouldn't that be illegal? Like literally, he's seen a thumb specialist. I'll tell you this: not to get sidetracked. Um, when I was pulling on a pair of Nike shoes yesterday, my finger, my index of my left finger got caught in a loop that's meant to help you to pull it up in the back. I swear to God, it's the closest I've come in the last 10 years to dislocating a finger. I have a sprained tip of my finger now. Shouldn't it be illegal to have something like that if you're going to tackle the guy, like in your thumb or your finger gets caught in this metal? It just seems so weird. It was like flat-out huge gold. I wish I would have taken a picture of it. Um, I was shocked that you're able to just wear a beefy gold bracelet while you're playing an NFL game. Collective bargaining agreement. Good God. It was so weird. Um, yeah, you're right though. He's definitely him and, uh, him and, uh, Winston, whether he's in or out for whatever reason, they just aren't on that same page that him and Fitzmagic were. 
He underthrows them. Uh, it seems like it, 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 they just don't have it. And even when Winston does make a nice time uh, throw to him, it seems like Deshaun finds a way to drop it. Uh, I don't think those guys like each other. <laughs> All right, anything else, Evans? Uh, basically, at over, over 1,000 last week. Uh, so he's uh, with two other um, uh, a current player in A.J. Green and Hall of Famer Randy Moss as uh, the only three players in the history of the NFL to go over 1,000 yards in each of their first five seasons. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Uh, Evans, for a guy when he came out of Texas A&M with Johnny football, um, he was pretty raw. You know, the way that this guy's been that good, um, I, I love watching Evans play. We go on to the next game? I agree, yeah, absolutely. Before we do so, let's listen to this. The Bears, the coach, wishing you well, buddy. Hope you're recovering nicely from a a little heart uh, issue, a heart attack. I don't know if it was a stroke or a heart attack, but uh, Coach Ditko, we love you. Um, Hope you come back strong and uh, keep on on, uh, doing your thing, man. That's awful news. Uh, What's not awful news is when the Bears go to the New York Giants um, and play – them uh and looks like a pretty good matchup for them i'm about to sneeze so stag party take it away i don't think mitchell trubisky plays this week let's just start with that um i think they're gonna hold them out you know get try to get them ready for the sunday night uh matchup against the rams that's you know gonna matter big time you've got a you know team in the giants who's three and eight um and who really doesn't scare you offensively or defensively. Um, the guy who scares you is, you know, Saquon Barkley, but, you know, the Bears have one of the best run defenses in the league. I think you're going to take that extra week like you took for Allen Robinson, like you took for Khalil Mack, and you are going to play it safe with Mitch Trubisky this week. And that leaves Chase Daniel under center um, with an opportunity to uh, get things going, you know, because he looked good for that portion of last week. Um, And there's a lot of weapons for the Bears, and they showed that they're not going to change the offense, you know, when he's in there. You could just expect less rushing from the quarterback. Um, And it's not like I'd increase the viability of Jordan Howard in the run game. No, 100% agree. I mean, you just look at the fact that Daniel attempted 37 passes, so uh, they did not scale that back one bit. Um, <clears throat> Howard and Cohen uh, combined for a total of 10 rushes. So if you thought that they were going to lean on the running attack uh, because Chase Daniel's under center, no, you're 100% right. He, he continued to play the exact same offense. Uh, what that does for the receivers, though, uh, we just didn't see anybody truly stand out. Um, you know, the leaders and targets were, were Gabriel and Cohen um, with eight, but then you only had uh, uh, Robinson and Miller each got four four targets each. So um, Trey Burton, maybe he's the guy that uh, potentially could step up. But, uh, you know, it, it, with the uh, with this game uh, on the road, I, I just don't know that I could trust outside of Tariq Cohen and – I don't know who I trust outside of Tariq Cohen that I would really want to start if I if my nuts are against the wall here for a playoff spot. 
Trey yeah. Burton looked awful in some moments of this game and throughout that through the uh, the game last uh, Thursday and throughout the season. Um, right now, I'm just going to say I'm happy to have him, but he's looking like an overpaid free agent. I'm not going to say the word bust, but he's, he's he's an overpaid acquisition in my opinion right now. Yeah, but his versatility still brings a lot to an offense. We've got to remember that he's out there as a blocker, moving around the formation, uh, playing everywhere, and defenses are paying attention to him. So no, that's a good it, point. Is that gravity? It, we could talk about a little gravity. Uh, I think Tariq Cohen's got a little more of that gravity than uh, Trey Burton, though. Um, you know, looking at the other weapons, I, I do agree that like backed up against the wall. If I have to play anybody, it's tough. I'm probably going to go back to the well with Allen Robinson um, and think he provides a little bit more than he did last week. Um, other than that, you know, Taylor Gabriel has been okay at times. Uh, he caught a bunch of passes last week, but didn't gain many yards. Uh, and, and then the other guys, you know, Trey Burton, this looks like a good spot against the giant linebackers and safeties, though, for him. And he was targeted a bunch despite, you know, having a fumble, uh, you know, dropping some passes and not really creating any separation. I like that you could do a, um, a psychology um, report on the way you guys both said it. You stag party goes, if my back's up against the wall, Houdini's like, if I had my nuts uh, tied up against the wall. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, let's move over to the New York Giants. They were trying to win uh, some, some serious games uh, after, uh, you know, o- Odell Beckham said, hey, let's win some games. And he's kind of pulled it together and looked like a focused guy. And they uh, they fell up just short. They looked like one of those games where it happens all the time in the NFL. You're kind of just – not even winning too much, but the other team's kind of just losing. And then in the second half, you kind of rest on your laurels, and next thing you know, uh, last minute, you lose to your chief competition, and that's what happened last game. Uh, all around, Saquon Barkley, I think you heard – I've read a lot on Twitter and just looking at watching him play. People think he's like the best running back in the league right now. Um, the upside for him is off the fucking charts. Just getting it done. What is he? Is he the second running back right now in fantasy scoring? He's up there. Um, Sorry to put you on yeah. the spot. I would pull up FF today, but yeah. whenever I do that on this, whenever I do that, they have such shitty ads and such a bad site that it just starts making my the fan on my laptop go. So I I don't even want to open that site anymore. <laughs> Your computer gets exasperated with it. Oh, yeah. not this site again. It really does. It's, it's like, kind of like when I go over to Bitcoin. Uh, that red tube, it kills it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Saquon's number two in um, number two in standard scoring, number two and a half PPR. And he's pretty close to number one in um, you know, PPR setups. So. Saquon's been awesome this year, but still hasn't helped the Giants get victories. Uh, And it still looks like a team that's saddled with Eli Manning. And, you know, they Odell had because they don't attack down the field when the Eagles are on their, you know, fifth string defensive backcourt. I can understand that, you know, um, when he looks to be in a great spot, they don't put him in a great spot, but now, 
against the Bears defense that's you know very very strong against the run they are going to need Odell to uh provide some offense for him this week yeah that, well you know and, and again I, I don't think I would be starting anybody outside of Odell or Barkley um you know anyone that was looking at potentially like an Eli Manning stream on this one I, I wouldn't uh stay away uh the way that the Bears cause turnovers Saquon is, is still going to get his, whether it's going to be as a runner or, or a receiver in this one. It'll be interesting to see what the Bears defense does uh, on trying on how they guard Odell. If they're going to decide to to roll extra coverage his way and make the other guys beat him, whether that be uh, uh, one of the Shepard brothers uh, or, or a former Bear that was uh, dropped earlier this year, Benny Fowler. Uh, you know, none of those other guys scare you. Can I ask you guys a question? Just for, you know, yeah. I forgot that ever happened. It did really fast and it ended. <laughs> he had a couple good games for the Broncos. Um, quick question, you know, a lot of guys, Evan Silva, respect the hell out of him, love him on Twitter, you know, what probably the premier guy in our industry. Uh, but he ad nauseum keeps driving his points uh on Twitter um about the fact that the New York Giants picked uh, a running back over going for um, a future quarterback with Eli Manning there. And after seeing how good Saquon Barkley here is, I'll just ask each of you individually. I'll let you go first, Stag Party, because uh, I'm sure you've been on, on the debate and uh, talking with them and agreeing or counter-disagreeing. Uh, um, when you see a Darnold and you see a Rosen and you see Lamar Jackson and whatever – um, I'm not going to compare them to some of the quarterbacks that were in the class the year before. I'm a Holmes, Watson, whatever, Trubisky, because I think so far those guys look far superior in my opinion. Um, obviously, uh, what, uh, what the guy on uh, the Browns is a beast, but he was already taken. But do you do you think the stag party that it was a bad move for the Giants to take a Saquon Barkley with what you've seen through 12 games? And I'm not saying that 12 make games makes a career, and I'm not saying that Darnold's career is going to be shitty. I think he's going to have a great career. But do you think that they they made a mistake by taking him over a Darnold outright at this point? I mean, here's the thing. It's not just – let's lay it down. This isn't going to be a shorter podcast anymore. It's not just the fact that you took Saquon Barkley. It's the fact that you didn't even consider trading out of the number two pick when you saw that the haul that the Colts got to move down. Um, you know, they didn't even consider calling you because they know you won't trade out of your top pick, right? Um, and you look at how Indianapolis has built their team and what Chris Ballard did, acquire extra picks, you know, draft a dominant offensive lineman that makes guys like uh, Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, and Jordan Wilkins look pretty good. Uh, when you combine all their running backs, they're getting production uh, at, on the whole like Saquon Barkley because you can get it from money many different places when you're dominant in other spots. Uh, and they were able to, you know, add on to that, you know, Leonard, who's probably um, – a leading rookie of the year candidate on the defensive side of the ball, you know, leading the league in tackles as of last week. So that's an issue. And and then it's a process question because now we're looking at it in hindsight. uh, And and it's not just a problem with the giants. It's a problem with a lot of pro teams. You look at 
Um, you know, the Jaguars, hey, they drafted generational talent Leonard Fournette fourth overall with Blake Bortles at fucking quarterback, uh, who's now benched. They fire their offensive coach who they thought was a you know genius after last year for making Blake Bortles look good. Um, and, and you draft this generational talent over guys like Watson and Mahomes. So the question is, you know, when you have a chance to swing for that quarterback, do you do it? Or and if you're not doing it, what are you doing? Because what you really should be doing is moving back in the draft and acquiring different and multiple assets. Because we know the draft in itself can be a crapshoot. That's an awesome take, buddy. I love it. You're the man. I, I, that's exactly what I hear. Just uh, Houdini to you. Um, you know what? What do you think, Saquon Barkley? Do you think even if whatever quarterback you liked in the draft? Do you think knowing Eli's uh, long in the tooth, you got to go grab in a class that's known or said to be um, a solid QB class like this um, last draft was? What What do you think? Well, I just think that the the Giants have completely mismanaged how they've how they've run this their team and their drafts. You know, why have they not addressed the quarterback situation at any time before this? And you know, the other problem that they they did by by again, and I hundred percent agree with what Stag said. You got to move back down, and you got to acquire more picks. You have to give yourself more capital to be successful. Give yourself more chances. You know they're not all going to hit, and if you limit the amount of picks that you have, they have to hit. Now Barkley has been an amazing hit, um, you know, but at the same time, what is it doing for their franchise as a whole? Um, you know, and the problem still remains. They're going to have to go and invest in a quarterback one way or the other, whether that means that they're going to have to spend some of their capital next year in order to, uh, you know, to maybe move up a spot or two, or they're going to get, you know, depending on how many games they end up winning here at the end, uh, do they need to have to make a move or are they going to then spend the money and say, okay, we got to get uh, one of these quarterbacks that's coming off of his rookie contract and pay him a big amount of money uh, to be here because we already have Barkley and we don't want to waste a window. And uh, also with Odell. So, you know, but all of their windows are kind of mismanaged. So I, I think that uh, as great of a player as he is, I don't think it was the right move for them as a team. I agree, and I like both these points. The only one thing, I'll, the only devil's advocate I'll throw out there right now um, is with with Foster um, go, go, getting uh, dropped in another domestic dispute. Remember last year, the Bears, our team, didn't uh, moved up to go grab the guy they wanted in Trubisky, and everyone thought the fucking Lynch was a genius in the Niners. And you guys know I'm a Niners fan and a Bears fan. Sadly enough, almost equally. And I was like, oh my god, they they fleeced us, they fleeced us. But now you look, uh, the guy that they actually moved down to grab was um, what's the fucking guy's name? Uh, Solomon Thomas. Yeah, Thomas. There you go. Sorry. Um, is Solomon Thomas, he hasn't been doing shit. Ruben Foster's now no longer on the team. Uh, you know, the other guy, they had a quarterback out of Colorado that they liked, and Bethard. Uh, everyone thought that they were, uh, they did get Kittle. So that does kind of shut, crush everything else bad that happened earlier because he's been so fucking good. But sometimes getting those picks, and I like a tweet that uh, Bucky Brooks, the guy I truly respect when it comes to the draft. My favorite draft guys by far are Mike Mayock and Bucky Brooks. Um, he's just like, you know what? It's players over picks. It's not a, just because you get all these picks is what you do with them. So that's just playing devil's advocate. I agree with everything Stag said, and I think you're spot on. 
But then you have those trade down and you got those picks. Let's say the Giants did it. Who's to say that they would have done anything worth a shit with them? Yeah. Where, you know, where you know you got Saquon Barkley and you know you got – if you thought if you thought you were moving down, you're still picking Saquon, but it's at the fifth because, no, he's not going to be taken. So be it. But now if you, if you move back and, and bundle up all these picks and now you don't get them, um, again, you see guys like Chubb that look good and there's other players, but you got the asset. You know them and – I think in in a, in a way I I, I I can I can live with that. I think barring some sort of heinous injury or something, if you're a Probably Giants you. fan, you're thinking you got a and you buy a Saquon Barkley jersey, you're, you're feeling like you got a guy that you're going to be able to enjoy for the next ten years. Well, that's, yeah. a long, that's a long time for a running back. And how many years into it is this team actually going to turn the corner and be successful? Yeah, Maybe not really. along those lines, it may be players over picks. But it's really the opportunity to select players, right? You have to select the right players, yes. But one of the ways to selecting the best players is to acquire the most assets. Um, so that you, you have. Want me to give you a parallel. The, the old saying uh, used to be there. It used to be their tagline. Then we'll move to this next game. But the lottery used to be: you can't win if you don't play. So I agree with what you just said there, Stag Party. If you can, if you get the picks. Uh, you're giving yourself a chance to hit the lottery. With well, the and D-Rex, as you said, you, you brought up the Bears. Here's a guy in, in uh, Ryan Pace that's going for players over picks, right? He just he traded away his uh, second-round pick next year when he acquired Anthony Miller. Uh, he traded away uh, his first-round pick next year and the year after when he to get Khalil Mack. Yep. I'm liking it. I, there's no right or wrong. It's just what there's, no, but it's not a referendum on yay or nay. But it's like if you do that and you get the picks, all right. Let's see what you got with these picks. Because but a lot uh, of that also that comes back to the one point. The Bears did it because they have all that invested, where they traded up for a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal, you know. And the other thing is that you got Saquon Barkley and you have an old quarterback who's underperforming, and now you're going to either have to go get another rookie quarterback and, and wait for that development, or you're going to have to overpay to bring somebody in. Yep. Cool. All right. Question. Next game. Bills. Uh, they really shut Jalen Ramsey up last week are going to be going to the dolphins who look like um, the Adam Gase uh, tenure is not going to be one of, uh, of this young, brilliant mind. That's going to be something for the ages and turn it around in my opinion. Um, but uh, not the most exciting matchup. So if you, if you want to catch up a little bit, um, I'll let, uh, let I'll just shut up and Stags run down a little bit on the Bills and Dolphins yourself. And Houdini, if you want to throw in any thoughts on either side, go for it. Yeah, uh, well, with the Bills, what you're getting is we knew Josh Allen was an athletic player. We knew he had a big arm, and you sort of saw that last week where he rushed for 99 yards and a touchdown. You know, threw a 75-yard touchdown um, to Robert Foster, uh, and he led the team in receiving yards, has, uh, you know, 199 yards over the last two games. He was a guy in Alabama who was sort of buried on the depth chart, but he's got speed, he's got some size, um, and he was a guy who was a highly recruited wide receiver going to Alabama. So, you know, it might not be because the talent wasn't there. It might be because we know what Alabama's been in the past, a team that's 
you know, really been run focused. Um, so now we're seeing him develop and, you know, that deep speed really provides another weapon because when you have Kelvin Benjamin on one side, it really slows your overall team speed pace down. Um, but now they're, they're looking with some, with this foster and then, you know, getting crew more involved at tight end in favor of Charles clay, you know, it's looking like they're developing some of these young assets on offense for the future to see what they have in these guys. Um, because it's starting to look up a little bit, but Josh Allen's got to stay healthy. This offensive line has to keep him upright. He can't, you know, take some of these big shots that he took earlier in the season. Um, and, and, but besides that, I'm not really playing anybody here. Maybe LaShawn McCoy is a desperation flex. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm staying away from the Buffalo guys. We can move on to Miami. (laughs) Oh, Miami. Um, You know, Frank Gore's got like 40% of the team touches over the last five weeks. Um, And that's sort of depressing. But Kenya Drake's out here, you know, doing it as a receiver and as a rusher, adding, you know, two touchdowns, you know, playing really well in limited spots. Um, you know, Kenny Stills hasn't been doing much. They haven't been playing Devontae Parker. You know, both Devontae Parker and Kenyon Drake played on under 50% of the snaps last week. And when you're a team that looks to be, you know, evaluating for the future, you've got to be playing these younger guys to see what you have. But now it looks a little bit more clear with maybe Danny Amendola banged up. Uh, and they just look banged up at wide receiver again, so maybe Parker gets another opportunity here. But I don't really like the passing game uh, against Buffalo. I think if they're going to get it done, they're going to get it done you know, with the run game, and that you know, gives me a little bit of excitement for Kenyon Drake, who I personally probably have to use to replace Melvin Gordon now. You know? Absolutely. And the, the thing is, too, you know, you got Ryan Tannehill's back uh, – uh, under center uh, for them, which is, I guess it's good, right? You know, you got to have your young quarterback back. It's better than Brock Osweiler. But again, as we were talking about with Adam Gase, this is just not a, a dynamic offense that that really uh, looks to exploit things. It's like they're kind of still playing the older style of offense, um, you know, more traditional, which is why Frank Gore has been uh, very reliable. Um, and it seems like Frank Gore is kind of doing the heavy lifting and then Kenyon Drake comes in and is able to get the bigger pop plays. And maybe that's the benefit of Drake, you know, not having to be out there, uh, to, to take the beating on every play. But I agree when you're only getting 50% snap counts, that's, that's concerning. I, I just don't look at Tannehill and, and this passing offense of being one that I'm going to predict very many, if any, 300 yard passing games for him, um, and definitely not this week against that Buffalo defense. And again, uh, the way that they play another team that runs the ball a lot and, and is more conservative uh, with uh, the rookie quarterback, it's time of possession that these are just ones where uh, the game just kind of gets eaten away and you don't get as many offensive opportunities. Nice. Good work, fellas. Can I move on? Yep. All right. Um, this is going to be, well, before we do that, I'll do one more before we jump into that. Um, Colts are going to be at the Jaguars. Colts are riding a nice high. 
Um, obviously, things are going great. We will dive into a lot of the players happening there. Something interesting that happened today, uh, Le'Veon Bell um, basically uh, mentioned on a, a, a picture of Luck and how awesome he's been for the last eight games. Uh, he's like, just imagine – uh, putting himself in the situation. Obviously, now he wants to be there. Now that offensive line so badass. Uh, he's used to such a thing with the Steelers. But kind of funny that uh, something that happened today. Colts, badasses, luck, machine. Uh, let let you guys go. Talk about that offensive line. Stags, you nodded to, um, you know, that, that, that running back situation they've got with Mack and Hines and, Obviously, now you're seeing uh, Hilton turn it around. Everything's looking good. The only thing that's not looking great is right when Doyle kind of comes back and kind of inserted himself up right away into that into that fantasy uh, lineup for people uh, across the country, across the world. Um, out, hurt his kidney, out, he's done for the season, which is a bummer. Obviously, that uh, that helps Ebron. But um, Houdini, let's let you kind of uh, go – Dive in first and uh, stag party, whatever else you want to say on the, the Colts, great. And then we'll move over to the Jaguar side. Yeah, so the one thing that you also got to keep in mind while things have been looking good, uh, you, you may not have Marlon Mack this week who suffered a concussion, so he's going to have to pass protocol. And now if he does not, then uh, look for Naheem Hines to take a bigger role, but also look for uh, a team that is already more reliant on the pass than on the run to be – maybe even a little bit more uh, pass-heavy this week. Um, you know, T.Y. Hilton, you got to feel extremely good about him. Uh, you know, he, he had a great game last week. The only thing he didn't do was score a touchdown because that was reserved for Ebron. Uh, five catches, 45 yards, and two scores for Ebron. Um, you look at the other weapons that they have, and, and, and the thing is, is that they do a decent job of spreading the ball around. Uh, Jordan Wilkins will have a bigger role uh, as well if uh, Mac is unable to play. Uh, surprisingly, we've been seeing all of a sudden a resurgence of Dontrell Inman <laughs> making a, a play or two here and there. Uh, but, yeah, he's he's not, someone that, he's not someone I'm going to start though. But uh, but man, I mean, the, here's the thing: I mean, Andrew Luck has been just on fire. Uh, those two interceptions were absolutely ridiculous that he threw last week too, right before the half. But still throws three touchdowns, well over three hundred yards. Can you bench him this week? Is there anyone that you would that you would play over him? I don't know at this point in time. You know, in, with this matchup against the Jags, it's a good defense. I, I don't know. I, it's it's hard to bench this guy. The Jags aren't all they're cracked up to be. He's got three or four TDs for the last eight weeks, and basically um, three hundred yards. So what? Three of those eight games, four hundred and. 60, another one, and a couple uh, high 200-yard games. Really, the only bad game he had was a 156-yard game and four TDs against the Bills in Week 7. Andrew Luck is locked in your lineup unless you've got a great quarterback instead of him. He's been winning you weeks, you know? And I don't think the Jags are all that. They just aren't what you thought they were uh, even a year ago. Um, They haven't aged well, let's be honest. I mean, the Jags might not be – you know, all that, but they're still a pretty good pass defense. Um, you know, you look at it in terms of fantasy points allowed, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, are still up there. They're allowing just uh, 10.7 points to opposing running backs. 
uh, 22.42 opposing uh, wide receivers, which is 15th in the league, but they can absolutely be had by opposing tight ends. So with, with no Doyle, Likely, you know, Mo Alley Cox and Ryan Swope, they've both been, you know, in health or unhealthy and inactive over the last couple weeks. Uh, that tight end core is looking a lot thinner, and it just lines up with Eric Ebron, who's, you know, the leading touchdown scorer at the tight end position. He's going to threaten for the Colts' all time record in receiving touchdowns. You know, he's got a couple to go to get to Marvin Harrison, but he, he's going to threaten that record because of opportunities and luck looks to him in the red zone. And he's been playing great in the red zone all year. So uh, Ebron should be locked into your lineups now that there's no Jack Doyle. Uh, I'm not going to run away from Andrew Luck at all over the last five weeks. Uh, the Jaguars have allowed the 30th um, most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Um, so I do think luck should be locked in and, and you should feel pretty good about it. The rest of the guys is where you you know need to make uh, some decisions. I do think you're locking in Hilton. Uh, Max probably locked in for me if, if he clears concussion protocol. If not, I'm pr- probably going to prefer Hines over Wilkins. Um, but I, I think each will have much bigger established roles um, this week. Yeah, it was tough to watch uh, some of the, the Mac. Mac and Deion Lewis take the biggest hits of any running backs in the league. When Mac runs, he tries so hard and he's, he, he does his thing, but God, that guy takes big hits. And then we saw last night, Deion Lewis, God, that guy, every, every single t- time he touches the ball he gets demolished i swear to god i don't know how that guy's able to stay in the game but i know how he's out of able to be out of the league for a few years before the uh the patriots picked him up that guy gets crushed um all right let's go uh on to the jaguar side of the ball you talked a bit about some of the guys earlier uh either one of you guys want to take this uh we know that um because he always does uh uh, each year, Fournette does get suspended for some boneheaded thing. Um, he is going to be out in this game. The NFL suspended him for his fight this week in that Bills game. Um, does that help Yeldon? Is the Yel- is Yeldon going to be able to get some things done against the uh, Colts? Wh- whichever one of you guys wants to run with it. Well, well Carlos Hyde, too. So, um yeah. It's going to be a mixture of those guys. You're going to probably see Hyde do more of the the heavy lifting as the as the runner, and you're going to see Yeldon do more of the heavy lifting as the receiver. Um, yeah, Leonard Fournette uh, taking swings with, with Lawson there. Uh, they were almost going at it. Uh, Lawson was hot, man. They were they were he was still jawing at him in the in the tunnel. <laughs> uh, yes. But uh, you know, as far as what else you're looking at from Jacksonville. What are you What are you getting out of Blake Bortles that that uh, is going to give you? You're getting benched. Play. Go ahead. You got benched. You're getting Cody Kessler. Oh, it's Cody Kessler. All right. Well, I feel a lot better about things. Go ahead. Yeah, I haven't done my research <laughs> on the Cody Kessler. Go ahead, Stags. I mean, I don't feel great about anybody because we don't know who he likes to throw to. They throw out you know three or four wide receiver sets. We don't know what the offense is going to look like. 
um, with no Nathaniel Hackett calling plays. So uh, if we had to guess what the offense is going to look like, we know with with Kessler back there, he doesn't have a ton of experience. Uh, he does have some with Cleveland, but you got to expect this is going to be a lot of Carlos Hyde. So if Carlos Hyde's available on your waiver wire, he sh- could probably be trusted a- as a flex play or as a running back too. Um, you know, Yeldon's probably going to be in that flex range as well uh, as both the receiver and probably a change of pace runner. But I do think they want to keep their identity, right, which is the whole reason they traded for Carlos Hyde. So now is a-, a chance to come out and fucking prove it. Well, is that going to stay the same now that they've kind of changed offensive coordinator, uh, fired him, and the first thing the new fellow, out of space his name, is, uh, says we're going with Cody? Um, is, that, is, that, is their identity still the same? I mean, it's got to be. That's how they built the goddamn team. You can't, <laughs> what you can't go out in, in a short week and try to change a fucking football team's identity. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> What identity did Blake Bortles give this team anyway? He's a decent runner. That's all I got for you. Yeah, it's not much <laughs> identity. I'm the decent runner guy. Hi. All right. Should we move on? Yes. Yeah. Before we do so, help us keep the lights on and listen to this. All right. The Browns. Uh, are going to be playing against the Texans, both coming off of some nice victories. Browns are looking like a whole different dealio than what we're used to, which is fucking amazing. Baker Mayfield, whose name passed me by about 20 minutes ago on the show, um, getting it done. Guy's a stud. Nick Chubb, another rookie. Stud. Jarvis Landry, another guy they brought in. Dud. Not doing shit. Maybe he's just not all that great. What do you expect to see here? Duke Johnson, um, right when that whole um, Hyde trade happened, it looked like uh, sky's the limit for him. Kind of had a couple nice games right after that, but it's uh, somewhat um, fallen down uh, a little bit. I think he, you know, he did have a touchdown last week, but the touches just haven't been there for him necessarily. And Chubb is getting it done in the receiving game so much, uh, it almost is hard to take the guy out. Um, stag, stag party. I'll let you uh, run with this one, unless Dini, you want to chime in first. Um, what are your thoughts with the Browns in this matchup against uh, you know the the Texans, who kind of got exposed a little bit on the first couple drives last night against the Titans, uh, maybe a couple fluke plays, um, and then all of a sudden they put the clamp down. Yeah, um, Nick Chubb should absolutely be. Locked into your lineups. He's got the same, the exact same number of carries as Tevin Coleman, and has 157 more yards. Um, you know, he's scoring touchdowns on the ground. He's got six there, but he's also got uh, two receiving touchdowns. Uh, he's got nine catches on the season. Um, he, he's doing great. Uh, I think he's locked in. You know, Duke Johnson, you mentioned, has been a scoring threat out of the backfield uh, as a receiver uh, on pace for another 50 reception season and, you know, has had three touchdowns receiving over the last three games. 
But last game, they just got up on Cincinnati and they ran Chubb a lot. And when they weren't running Chubb, they were running play auction with Chubb back there. Play auction. And it was was good. Yeah, the other thing is you got to love Njoku too, right? I mean, uh, he has been solid as far as tight ends. I'm not sure where he's uh, ranking right now. if you want to look that up, but he, that, that touchdown that he had, uh, it was hilarious. You know, the guy catches it at like the seven, he leaps at the, the, the three yard line. So he only goes to the two gets caught up and then his offensive lineman just bull rush him into the end zone. But you could just see that there's a connection that's developing between Baker and Njoku. Uh, I really like that. Uh, I, I like what I, what I, you know, for the future of, of that is going to be pretty awesome. Um, and, uh, and in this matchup, I, I I like it. I like it all all the same. You know, the the Texans are gonna are, are gonna come after you. They got a tough defense, but I think that the tight end is, is really where you're gonna have some opportunity. Do you think one yeah. one quick thing before you go on, Stags? Um, do you guys think it's kind of unfair? And I don't mean to be a purist or whatever, be annoying. But is it um is it unfair on a play like that, Nyoku? Um, uh, t- touchdown where he's jumped in the air and. Kind of a, it kind of his his forward progress was kind of stunted. So if the defender there had like body slammed him down, probably would have gotten a penalty. And then two offensive linemen get to run behind him and push him in for four yards. It's I like the touchdown. I was on the thread. Obviously, you're like that was a sick touchdown, and we all agreed. But it seems kind of stacked against the defense that. If a defender had done anything to him there at that point, in my opinion, it would have been like, oh, forward progress, whatever. But you're able to kind of keep the play alive if a bunch of uh, – if 650 pounds worth of white guys uh, start body slamming you towards the end zone. Well, Am I the only guy that feels like it's kind of BS? Well, think about this. I mean, there was the old rule, like if a running back could not be carried into the end zone by like, you know, William Perry could not – pick up Walter Payton and carry him <laughs> into the end zone. That that was considered illegal. So uh, in this situation, you, you know, he just, he never, the ball was, he, he was never down. Oh, and I know. The, but you, the but was moving. Like and, if and the defenders piled on him there, though, they would have got a penalty. Well, you know what? Eventually, when, when you get these ones scored on you a couple times, then you're going to find out and you'll take the penalty. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, great touchdown. Agreed. Just thought I was like, God, that's a little unfair to the uh, to the um, uh, defensive players. Can I, uh, can, I one, can I say one more thing real quick, though? Yeah. Could you believe at week 13 before the year, if I was going to tell you that the Browns and the and the Packers would have the same record? Uh, sort of. To yeah. be honest, I thought the Browns were almost going to be a little bit better. I think they're they're hitting it now. But, it, no, I agree. It's hard to believe considering how many few uh, wins they had the previous two years. But I feel like Hugh Jackson was holding them back. Like, they're they're even better than 4-6-1, and one, dude. They are. I think they're better than the Packers. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm pumped for Cleveland, uh, to be honest. I really am. And uh, do you guys think that Bruce Arians will get a, get a shot at it? Or do you think um, – uh, what's the defensive coach? The uh, – the um, what's the guy? What's his name right now? The guy from the Saints, Greg Williams. Yeah, Williams. Um, do you think he's going to get the gig or no way? No, I don't think Greg was willing to skip that job. 
you any, kidding anytime me? Name, anytime you got two, three G's in the name Greg, fucking <laughs> sucks. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else you guys want to say? Is there anything exciting going on with the, uh, what you're seeing over the past couple weeks with Antonio Callaway after kind of a hot start the first few games of the season? Um, there may be the first few games of the uh, the Baker Mayfield season. Um, versus, uh, do, you, do you like what you're seeing with him? Jarvis isn't getting shit done. Uh, what's going on with the wide receivers on this team? And then let's move over to the Texans. Yeah, Jarvis Landry is close to being benchable, man. Like, if you have other better options, you know, definitely go that way. But, you know, against the Texans, it looks like another pretty good matchup for him. And, you know, the Texans have been playing it a little closer to the vest recently. They haven't been as uh, aggressive passing and just been going with a lot more conservative run game. But, man... They could put up points in a hurry when they want to. I think that might be something that comes into play here. And Callaway's been great, man, running deep crossers and uh, adding some variety to his route tree, which has opened up the field for him in a big way. There's nothing not to like uh, from that guy right now. Um, And as Houdini was talking about against Joku. Uh, the Texans over the last five weeks are allowing over 13 fantasy points a game in standard scoring to the opposing tight ends. So, and Joku's in play here. The only issue is he, he's been up and down, even considering the coaching change going from, you know, five points to one point to no points. Um, and then having that big week last week. Yep. Should we move over to the other side or you got something, Deanie? No, let's go to the other side. All right, Deanie, the world is your oyster. Well, so you got you got the Houston Texans who just don't lose anymore. Um, coming in uh, with a – what a game they had against uh, Tennessee the other night, last night, wasn't that? Yeah. Uh, in that game, you talk about, like, just ridiculous scoring drives. <laughs> so you had uh, – the T- Tennessee Titans had a, two, a scoring drive of 47 seconds on two plays, another one that was a three-play minute 47. Then Houston obviously had the 97-yard one-play 14 seconds for Lamar Miller. Uh, then they had uh, uh, another one that was a five-play less than two minutes and a touchdown. Yet with all of that, it was not a huge offensive performance other than uh, Lamar Miller. Deshaun Watson only threw for 210 yards, but what did Deshaun do? He gave you the legs in that game, boy. 70 yards rushing uh, another and a touchdown. So that was wonderful for him. We saw Demarius score twice, but doesn't crack 40 yards. DeAndre Hopkins, you know, five catches for 74. So you're looking at in this matchup against the Browns, uh, you know, and the Browns defense has been able to be uh, moving the ball against them, uh, I expect everyone pretty much to be in play in this one. Uh, I, I'm definitely on uh, Deshaun. I think you can play Lamar Miller. Hopkins obviously is locked in. I think after the two touchdowns, you got to be feeling a lot better about Demarius. Kiki Kuti is the guy that really kind of took the hit, but I think there's going to be a lot more opportunities. I don't think you're going to have another uh, Deshaun Watson 24 pass attempt game. I figure you know this one's going to get back up there where. Uh, Cootie's going to be able to get more than just two two targets. He should probably get himself five or six in this. 
But he might is he is he even going to play? I bet she's out. That, that little vagina face. Kika Kuti. He made me take a hit last night after after uh, losing me a, a chance to. I'm not going to say it. Is he playing stag party? I mean, he's been a guy who's missed multiple weeks with hamstrings already this season. So it's tough to you know write him in to the rankings at this point in the week. It's something we're going to have to see sort of play out in all honesty. But if not, it's sort of a big boost for Demarius Thomas, who looks like he's getting more and more comfortable in the offense. I, I will say one thing, and I, and I, I think Andre Hopkins, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, realizes that that a, a guy like Demarius is going to help him long term. But I will say this: even at where he is in his career, one of the highest paid uh, receivers, most people, a lot of people think he's the best receiver in the league. Definitely right up there with you know Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, maybe Michael Thomas is in the discussion a little bit. But you can tell when Demarius got those two touchdowns, when someone else gets a touchdown, even at this point, even at this winning streak, he wants every touchdown. I don't mind that. <laughs> I don't either, but can't you tell? He's like, oh, fuck, Demarius got it? I was open. Like, why didn't I get it? Um, I don't mind it, but it is funny. It's something that you don't see all that much with, like, a mega superstar that's already been paid. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's go over to the next game. You got anything else on that, Dini? No, I'm good. All right, Broncos at the Bengals. Broncos coming off a sweet win off Pittsburgh, a little shocker, and the Bengals are in free fall, and even more so now that they are their mainstay quarterback and Dalton is on the IR and done for the season. Let's start with the visiting team. Stag party, do your thing. You want to start with Lindsay and the running back situation, wherever you want to go with it. But uh, lay down the fantasy goo for this matchup for the Broncos. I mean, anybody you want on the Broncos is in contention this week. You know, streaming wise, Case Keenum looks to be in play as the Cincinnati Bengals are allowing the second most fantasy points over the last five weeks. Um, Two opposing quarterbacks, you know, they, they're just allowing people to throw for 300 yards, you know, multiple touchdown games. Uh, pretty much everybody's done it against the Bengals. So, you know, Case, even though he's, as Houdini likes to say, 252 and one, um, he, he, even he is in play this week in streaming consideration. But with everybody, you know, not on, there's no bye weeks. Uh, you don't have to contend with any of that stuff. He's still probably going to be the 18th or 20th ranked quarterbacks in a lot of people's lists. Um, you know, so, but I, I think he's going to have chances to get it done. I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to have a lot of opportunities. Um, you know, Sutton's going to need to uh, put some things together as he's had a couple of underwhelming performances. Uh, now you're you're without, you know, what, Jeff Hireman, so you're going to Matt LaCosse uh, as your tight end of choice, I guess. Is that what happened? Which one of those Broncos white tight ends were, was injured? No, you're right. Hireman, done. LaCosse. 
Yeah, so um, it's interesting, you know. There's, I, I think there's a lot of fringe players you're going to be able to play from this game, um, and there's very few locked in stars on this team. A lot of these guys could be have on the waiver wire, but you look at the run game. Philip Lindsay's locked into probably a high volume role, uh, and, and Royce Freeman's there as a uh, vulture. Did you see uh, Philip Lindsay interview after the last game? No, I saw some white guy from the seventies after yeah. a disco do an interview. That he looked like he was in the bus from Almost Famous. The guy is awesome. <laughs> Love that guy. Well, once he uh, is either retired and on his way to the Hall of Fame or something, that's the guy I'm definitely going to do some mushrooms to get high with. That guy, <laughs> he's smart enough to realize I got to I got to do my thing here. I'm an athlete. But that guy so badly wants to get baked and just play a <laughs> um, can, can I give you one other point here? Just yeah. about uh, all these Broncos players that are like, you know, more of these fringes type players, but these are better matchups. The Broncos have a very favorable schedule here for the playoffs. So you get the, you get the, on the road at the Bengals this week. They go to the 49ers the next week. Then they get the Browns at home and then they get the Raiders on the road. Wow. So that's a pretty good lineup of defenses that are not in the upper echelon uh, when you're looking at potential opportunities, whether that be for Case Keenum as a streamer, uh, whether that be for uh, some of these other guys to get it turned around, but definitely for Philip Lindsay. Cool. And another thing with that said, I think that's a good uh, segue to uh, Cortland Sutton. Got a good, got favorable matchups. Um this is a guy that leads the league right now in, in yards per catch. And um, now, like, as, we, as we know, Demarius is gone. I feel like we could see him kind of grow in and have some momentum heading out. I don't think he's going to do anything disgusting, but have some momentum in the close out of his uh, you know, freshman season in the NFL. Um, so he's a guy that I, that I like uh, to be able to do some stuff in a, in a flex scenario. Um, I, I just think uh, matchups and the fact that um, he's kind of he's second fiddle now. I, I like what maybe he might be able to bring to the table. Let's go over to the Bengals side of the ball. As I said earlier, Andy Dalton, Red Rider, out for the season. Um, God, that play really sucked. Balls, terrible snap. Um, went for it. Must have banged up his uh, thumb either on the ground or on one of the players on his backs. Uh, body, he's done. Stag party. What does this mean? Driscoll looked pretty good when he came in. I'm not gonna lie. Um, he looked like he had definitely had a, a, a start previously in the NFL, where we know that's not the case. Um, he, he he got it going and put some points up on the board that, to be honest, Dalton wasn't doing up until his injury. Um, but what does this mean for guys that are in people's starting lineup? Joe Mixon is Green back. What, but Boyd is lighting it up this year and been one of the pickup darlings for the year. Uh, what Now that it's Jeff Driscoll leading this team, what does that mean for guys that you're actually going to start? I mean, for Joe Mixon, I think it's only good because it, Jeff Gris, Driscoll is an athletic quarterback who can bring some of these zone read, arc read, uh, quarterback boot elements to the table. Um, and that usually opens up holes for guy, guys like Joe Mixon. When you can play with the athletic quarterbacks, it usually works out well. 
So I'm excited to see Mixon work out with, uh, you know, Jeff Driscoll. And in terms of the other players, A.J. Green, I, I guess now that it's more of a lost season, you're going to be even more cautious with his injury. And he's only going to come back 100, 110%, right? You're not throwing him out there any earlier. Um, you know, other players, you know, Tyler Boyd, they look like they had a connection. Um, he's had four touchdowns in his last four games at home. Uh, he's over 800 yards on the season now. I, he's probably locked in as a wide receiver, you know, two or three, depending on your setup. And I don't think you're much changing that. John Ross is, you know, extremely touchdown dependent, but it's been working out to his, you know, advantage over the last couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, at tight end, Uzoma was the guy, but he was also in a, you know, pretty killer spot last week. Uh, the Broncos, though, you know, provide you know equally good opportunities to the tight end. So I don't think you have to write him completely off. Dean, you got anything to say on the Bengals, or should we move on? Uh, I just think that uh, I, 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 hopefully this is just more. Uh, we can see more of Joe Mixon like we did this last week. That would be nice. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. I'm just getting any detail. I'm just telling you what I'd like to see. <laughs> Fair enough. We're on, I'm on the same team, same page as you. We talk about our fantasy teams on this show. I know that's I know that's frowned upon on podcasts throughout the industry. I don't give a shit. Um, let's go on to the next game, and that's the L.A. Rams. They're going to be up in Detroit. Wow, let's go see that game. Um, <laughs> Remember, you get the Rams next week, so you don't need to be uh, running out. Of yeah, but I'm in, indoor indoors at the. Uh, <laughs> I'm already, I've got a dog. I'm already hating the winter, dude. I'm, I, <laughs> oh, my God. It's so fucking annoying here. Um, let's go. Rams, what do you got? Uh, Houdini, you want to you wanna jump in and, and, and give us a, a lowdown, throwdown? Can I Rams? go first? Can sure, I go first real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, let's see. Start Jared Goff. Start Todd Gurley. Start Brandon Cooks. Oh, um, <laughs> Start Robert Woods. Start... Um, you know, Josh Reynolds as a wide receiver three or flex. The question is the tight end position because everybody else is fucking locked in. Locked and loaded? Yeah, yeah and, I, and I think the other problem with the tight end position is most people haven't been playing these guys all year, even in this loaded offense. Yeah. Where is Jared Goff? And I don't want to put Johnny on the spot to anybody, but stag party because we've been asking you this question because – I don't want my fan to go on from FF today. Where is Jared Goff um, ranked on the season points-wise uh, at, at, at QB? Fifth. He yeah. is fifth right now. But you look at Jared Goff's 16-game pace, uh, it's ridiculous. He's on pace to complete 375 of 554 pass attempts for 5,159 yards, 38 TDs, and nine interceptions. Wow. Damn. I love that. <coughs> Excuse me. I love that guy. <coughs> Ricola. Ricola. That's some Ricola juice down the throat and in an opportunity time. Um, <coughs> I love that guy, but – Excuse me. Um, but he does not look like a pro athlete to me. Does he look like – I don't think I've said that in the show. I love him, but he's, a, he's awesome. 
Does he look like he's a pro athlete to you guys? Enough. Okay. Looks like he surfs. Yeah, it looks like something else. He, it, looks like he, it looks like he just started like an internet company or some sort of <laughs> app for Instagram. Um, anyway, love that guy. Love his team. Uh, are you going to go to that game? Not uh, the Bears game with the Rams? I'm on the fence. I kind of want to go. I am going. I know you're going. I'm talking to Snag Party. Uh, I probably won't end up going. I never go. Why well, don't get? Yeah, but that's stupid. Yeah, but it's cold. And I like being warm. And oh, angles are better from my TV and my couch than they are at, at Soldier Field. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Houdini, just because he said that, I'm going. We're, we're tailgating again. We're firing it up. I'm going to figure out a way. The Bears are going to fucking start lighting up that surfer boy, and he's not going to know what to, to do with it in that cold weather over at Soldier Field, and the Bears are going to beat the Rams, and it's going to be sick. All right, let's go over to the Detroit Lions. But in the meantime, he's going to enjoy whipping up on the Lions this week. Yes. <laughs> go for so, it. Go, you're on the Lions detail, Deanie. So, I mean, the thing with the Lions is that uh, you're probably going to be most likely, I would say, without on Johnson again this week, uh, which means that you are, are going to get the hammer of LeGarrette Blunt with the, uh, the PPR man uh, of Theo Riddick and, you know, Marvin Jones, I, I, haven't, I don't know yet. Is he going to be back, Stags? you got any news IR. on that? IR. IR, okay. So, we got to send you the IR people that went there. A list of like literally like six guys went on the IR yesterday. And then we'll, we'll talk about them later, but Rex Burke is back. <laughs> the only one. For now, for now. <laughs> so, obviously, it's, it's Kenny Galladay as your guy uh, at, at receiver. Um, again, look, the, the Rams have a lot of amazing names on defense, but they've been allowing a lot of points on defense too. So uh, I expect Galladay to be uh, an extremely active participant. I think Theo Riddick is, is probably a really interesting uh, flex play in PPR leagues uh, at the running back position or a, a deep running back too. Uh, Stafford, you know, after the performance he had against the Bears, this should be – uh, a, a bit better for him. Again, it should be a little bit more wide open. Um, you know, but the, the problem in Lays is what do you have after Kenny Galladay? Because your next basic guy that you've been leading the way has been Bruce Ellington, who you signed off the street a couple weeks ago. Do you think, uh, do yeah, you he, really wish they didn't make that, uh, that trade? Did they get enough for, um, uh, Tate? Tate? Yeah. Uh, or, for, I mean, yeah. Did they, they get enough to wish that they they could be glad that they got rid of them? I think, I think they're happy. Yeah, they weren't going to resign them next year, right? So you get some value for them, you get assets, and you weren't going to win this year. All right. Yeah. Uh, Stay. You got anything on this game, or should we move on? Uh, I, I agree about Galladay. I, I do like uh, Bruce Ellington, as Houdini sort of brought up there. Uh, you know, he's been manning the slot and catching a lot of balls. Uh, I do think that's going to be the best spot to attack the Rams defense because the Rams defense is actually likely to get Aqib Tlaib back. And Aqib Tlaib is sort of a bad man. And if he, they put him on Holiday instead of, uh, you know, Marcus Peters, who's been – 
sort of cinnamon toast crunch this season. Uh, <laughs> True, you know, th- things aren't going to look a- as prosperous. And then you look at LeGarrette Blunt running into Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, Dante Fowler, and uh, Dominican Sue all game, and that doesn't look primed for a breakout. Um, so, you know, game for Blunt's got to buy into the narrative that uh, that that Matthew Stafford, um, because of you know obviously last game that we saw, but just what's been going on lately. Do you buy into it that he's regressed or he stinks or whatever? Do you just think the the weaponry and the whole setting for this offense is garbaggio right now? The the weapons are garbage. They're not deep enough. Their offensive line is not good enough. And Jim Jim Bob Cooter's just confuzzling. Uh, I don't know what the hell that guy's doing. I like that word. Patricia, not not a great not a great year year one. Uh, this is why some of the guys and we, we saw it with McDaniel. Some of them you got to be under you know Belichick and but it's it's kind of nice. You, you brought it up earlier with Cole Beasley. Sometimes not it's pretty nice not being the number one. Uh, <laughs> Patricia might not last it more than a year. All right, let's go to the next game, and that's going to be Arizona Cardinals. This is the first of the late slate. Thank God the NFL, now that there's no buys, we've got four late games. I think it's is- still at 1 o'clock. What's that? This is oh, still at 1 shit. o'clock. I already felt, yeah, sorry. I already crossed it out. You're right. This is a 1 o'clock game. Oh. I got so excited that there was four afternoon games. But I crossed this out, and that was actually would have made the fifth. So, yeah, Cardinals is a 1 o'clock game, and they're going up to Lambeau Field. I wouldn't be shocked if the Cardinals beat the Packers in this game just because I think their team's going to quit on McCarthy. Um, but we'll start with the Cardinals. Love a couple of tweets I saw uh, with Josh Rosen um, stuff this week. Um, what do you think is going to happen here? Stags, do you want to go in first? You want to go in first, Nini? Um, with the Cardinals, I think you're going to David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald, and you're uh, avoiding everybody else. Christian Kirk is the next closest guy to that. Um, he's played pretty well uh, against the Bears and what Lions uh, already this season. Um, so he's doing okay against the NFC North. Um Besides that, you know, Josh Rosen has just been put in a tough spot. The offensive line's not good. Um, and they ask him to make the most difficult throws of any quarterback in the league. So they've got to find ways to make his life easier, uh, give him some designed reads and quick throws and screens uh, that they do occasionally. And, when they run those quick, quick screens to Kirk, uh, let him use his skills as a punt returner. He's sort of been going off. Yeah, I think they kind of brought that up in the in the in the, in the broadcast as well, uh, mentioning that they they really want Leftwich to try to get more screens going into the game. And you know, unfortunately, too for David Johnson, that that's that was the one of the things that we were so. Uh, you know, expected to see was him just so involved as a receiver and he's been involved, but not so involved. And, you know, it, it seems like there's having trouble finding ways to actually get him the ball, even though it's been better as of late, but now 
uh, at the beginning of the year, he wasn't giving you the yards, but he was giving you the scores. And now we're getting the, the yards, but we're not getting the scores. You can't have nice things all the time. <laughs> this is why you can't have nice things. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, he's made it happen uh, over the last couple of weeks because he's gotten touchdowns, but literally there's no volume whatsoever. Uh, five touchdowns in the last five games. Then, you know, the points are there when you look at it at the end of the match um, since Leftwich has uh, taken over the offense. But, again, I, I, what did Larry have two catches last week? Um, he had a 25-yard touchdown maybe in the first second drive and then one other catch, and I think that catch was for, like, two yards. Um, the volume's not there. Maybe it's for the reasons why Stag said at the beginning, uh, Rosen just doesn't have a line of um, protection, uh, whatever it is. But Larry right now is a guy that if you bench him, he's scoring points. But then if you really look at the stats or stats, um, he's there's no volume there. And you're the one who kind of showed, shined my light on that last week. I was like, oh, Larry keeps getting touchdowns, keeps getting points. And you, you told me this last week, Stag, you're like, yeah, but dude, look, look at deeper. And it's like, he's getting lucky with these touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, it might continue. Cutting against the future Hall of Famers and something I typically like to do, I just want a little bit of volume to make me feel okay uh, about it, you know? No question. All right, let's move on to the other side. You're obviously starting David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald. Maybe you're not, but um, that's about it on that squad, I'd say. Um, let's go to the other side. Obviously, there's some turmoil going on in the Green Bay Packers. Did I mean, it's just weird the way it happens. It's a tale of, of two halves with McCarthy, but even in that game, it was like, in the first quarter, they just looked like, wow, okay, this is going to be a game. They're talking about you know, the Packers against Minnesota. And they just can't, after a first few sustained drives, they can't really – or drives, they can't sustain it. And it just it's just – something's awry there. Everyone's banged up. I know that. They've got injuries out the wazoo. Um, but – uh, Deanie, if you want to, if you want to lay down the law, obviously Rogers is, is is doing well. I'm not saying he's a must start. Well, no, let's let's uh, let's talk about Rogers. There's, there's a couple great must starts there, and I think that's Aaron Jones and Adams. Uh, they just got Aaron Jones. Why are they not giving him? Did he even get a carry in the second half? After what I thought was an amazing first half, go Deanie. Well, here's the thing. So let's let's talk about Aaron Rodgers first because. If you want to talk about, you know, his numbers have not been great. Over the last six weeks, he's not thrown more than two touchdowns in any game. Uh, granted, the, the best part about him is he doesn't throw an interception, but he's had two games with just one touchdown. He's thrown uh, only two 300-yard games in that time frame. Uh, you go back six weeks ago, though, he did throw 425 against uh, San Francisco. But he's had 198 yards, 199 yards, 259, 286. It's nothing that is sitting you making you go home and write home and go, oh, yeah, well, this is this is what we got to do. Now, Aaron Jones, why they, you know, they need to lean on him a little bit more, I would agree, because the problem is this Packers offense 
is basically the same offense that they've been running since Brett Favre was on this team. And it's like not really anything has changed. The Packers haven't really evolved with anything. The reason why you're still able to hang in there is because of Aaron Rodgers and how good of a quarterback he is. But what it's doing is it's not producing the fantasy points that it used to, you know, three, four years ago. And, you know, outside of Devontae Adams, I think all the other guys are are kind of dart throws because at least with Adams, I know I'm going to get a touchdown and I should get a, a good heavy of target share. And Aaron Jones, it's taken a while, but maybe we'll get the game where he'll get a 20-carry game, 23-carry game. But he, he's proven to be very productive on, on any touches that you give him. Yeah, Aaron Jones is locked up into your lineup. I, I do think – if you're playing Aaron Rodgers, he's probably one of the better quarterbacks to end up playing. Uh, the Cardinals are sort of tough uh, against opposing passers, but you're not overly concerned or running away. Uh, Devontae Adams has one of the safest floors uh, in fantasy football. You know, last week he just seemed to do it again um, and could have had an even bigger day if. You know, Aaron didn't miss him on a, you know, what looked like an easy one or a big play. What a juke. He was open by 12 yards. How do you, how do you miss that throw? Um, that was one of the, that was awesome. I agree. Can I say one thing about Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones is, I think he'll have a thousand yards this season. I, I think they'll figure out a way. They're going to kind of, over, they're going to start just feeding him the fucking ball. He's got a, only 101 yard uh, carries, 101 carries. We know he was suspended, what, for the first two games, uh, or was it three? Uh, maybe, I think two. Uh, he's got 600 yards. He's got, averaging six yards a carry, on, and he's got six TDs. I think they're going to just figure it out. They're going to start giving the ball. I test, to me, he looks as good as any running back in the league. The, the, those jump cuts – even the power when he gets hit at the line, he still seems to be able to get three yards. This this guy's special. I I, I really 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 am pretty pumped to uh, see him progress. But he's got to get an opportunity. We saw a great first half that I mentioned earlier, and then the second half, maybe in one carry. I saw I saw nothing but Jamal Williams. I get it. They're down. They're in third back situation. But we talked about it through other teams and other player personnel. Uh, in other situations, Jamal Williams on the field is not put your team in a better position than Aaron Jones. At least you think they can run it. Aaron Jones isn't a guy that's got block hands. He's probably made some of the best catches uh, for running backs that I've seen over the last few weeks. Uh, it just made no sense to me. And um, I don't know. What do you guys? What do you guys think? We can move on. We don't need to, uh, you know, talk about. The past uh, and, and full-time season, you know I like to do that. Um, but that guy's stud. Yeah, Aaron Jones, great. But he's, <laughs> great. They're, they're, they're not – these running backs aren't blocking as much as people make it seem like. And if they're in there blocking every play, that just means – if they can see that, that means they're sending an extra fucking defender, man. Like – there's linebackers now that have, you know, blitz reads where if your back's not out there, you're trying to add pressure. So in, in some ways you're not helping the situation, man. Thanks. I like it. You, you just became uh, from uh, Apocalypse Now. You just became, uh, I'm spacing his name, uh, 
Hop, uh, fuck it. Sorry. Um, you want to help me here, Houdini? Are, are you trying to? Are you trying to say that he he was like uh, Marlon Brando's character? Oh, the other the other guy, the, the hippie guy from Blue Velvet. Anyway, I'll get it. Dennis aside. Hopper. Dennis yeah, Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Like the man. You just, the man. <laughs> you gotta understand the man. <laughs> All right. God, I can't believe I can't remember that guy's name. Uh, Ricola. All right, let's go to the next school matchup here. It's going to be Kansas City coming off a bye at the Oakland Raiders. Listen, who seem to be a bye for any other team they're facing. This is easy. This is absolutely easy. You're going to go first on this one? Yeah, please, because this is easy. We're going to start Mahomes. You're going to start Kareem Hunt. You're going to start... Uh, Tyreek Hill, you're going to start Travis Kelsey. You could potentially, I don't think Sammy Watkins, who's still dealing with foot soreness, uh, it, it may not be, this would be a smart one to hold him out of anyway. Uh, so I don't think he plays, which makes Chris Connolly uh, extremely viable in that role, as we saw what he did last week when he played with the two touchdowns. Yeah, he's on fire. Tariq Hill's the number one wide receiver, right? Yeah, yeah by far. I mean, the only thing is, I think uh, Sammy Watkins plays. It's the only difference that I have. And if Sammy Watkins is playing, I think you're starting him against the Raiders team. Uh, Gary on Connolly didn't have his best game uh, of the season last week. I think he held uh, you know the opposing wide receivers to just one catch on three targets. He's got an opposing uh, passer rating of 66. Point one, but besides that, man, you're sort of all in on uh, all in on these guys. Um, let's flip to the Raiders side. Love it. By the oh, way, wow. Dennis, Hopper, Dennis Hopper. For any of you guys, every movie he's in, he's the, he's the best. Hoosiers, the greatest. God, is he awesome? That movie's awesome. Check it out. Uh, Apocalypse Now, Blue Velvet, Easy Rider. Uh, well, he's he's friggin' amazing and true. You said true man, romance, yeah. True romance, he's amazing. God, that guy's just a, a scene stealer. He's like stag party on the Pyro podcast. All right, let's go to Oakland Raiders. Dini, well, what I, you got? Real quick, all I can think of is is him and Blue Velvet uh, sucking in the oxygen. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. One thing I'm going to say, just because I'm rambling and uh, I'm having a good time, I've been listening to, I've been doing a little more meditation lately, and it's kind of amazing, but uh, David Lynch, who is the director of Blue Velvet, director of Twin Peaks, director of Lost Highway, a lot of great stuff, he is a huge meditation guy. So I started reading um, David uh, Lynch's uh, book, uh, Real in the Big Fish, which is about meditation. Anyone that's listening to the show that's heard about it, you know, it's kind of – I did yoga when I hurt my back playing basketball when I was younger, but I just don't really like yoga. But meditation can kind of bring out some great things in you, blah, blah, blah. Check that stuff out. David Lynch's version of meditation, pretty awesome. All right. Sorry. Interruption. Go for it, Deanie. How about the meditation that Jared Cook made on that touchdown catch last week? Medication. <laughs> meditation over medication. 
Hey, I don't know. Well, sometimes you can medicate and meditate at the same time. Really. <laughs> yeah, Jared Cook's probably locked into your lineups. I, I do think Jalen Richard has a chance to catch a bunch of passes playing catch up. But Doug Martin had his best game of the season last week. Um, you know, with over a hundred scrimmage yards, he's gotten some touchdown opportunities. If he could score early, I, I think he could provide a fairly nice fantasy day. But other than that, you know, I'm, I don't want anything to do with this passing game. Uh, nothing to do with Derek Carr, even in a great matchup. Cause I do think that the chiefs can create havoc. They can create turnovers. They can create sacks. Um, and that leaves me worried about, you know, Derek Carr. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Derek Carr is just, how can you rely on it, even in this matchup where you figure that, you know what, see, that's that's the thing. You know what, you figure with this matchup, he's going to have to throw, even in a loss, 350 yards in this game. Um, I just but, want good quarterbacks, so yeah. Derek Carr's not. <laughs> I agree, I agree. That's why I'm saying it's like it's just, I didn't put him on the waiver wire this week because I'm just like, I, can you buy into this guy? I can't. No, no question. It's impossible to. Even today, his, his thing is like, everyone wants me to be, it says I'm too nice, I'm this, that, the other thing. I'm just, I found that my energy is better when I'm positive for this team. It's like, really? I don't think anything's that great is happening with you being Mr. Nice Guy on that side. Um, so, I, I agree. The GIFs are pretty good. Who? The GIFs of him getting yelled at by Gruden, those are funny. Those are pretty funny. We knew that was going to happen. Yeah, after this season, it'll it'll be funny what's going to happen there. I mean, question, I mean, not that I think Derek Carr's cut or traded or whatever, but do you think as a Raider fan, one year removed from when you're going to be actually uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, with Gruden and Derek Carr going in as your, uh, the leadership for your franchise in the 2019 season, I mean, there's no way anyone, even the owner, is is excited about that. What what is there anything? Does anything move, or well, is this what starts week one next year? Is Gruden the coach and Carr the quarterback? Well, they gave Gruden all this control. He trades away Khalil Mack. He trades away Amari Cooper. So he must, in his in his mind, really believe in Carr. Or if he cuts Carr. You're going to be like, okay, so we just got rid of everyone that was on our roster. What did you? I mean, I think that's what it is. It is I don't think you make. I don't think you make moves like trade Amari Cooper uh, and trade Khalil Mack if you really believe, uh, you know, cars the future. So this is going to be a complete gut job. They are maybe even going to tear the motherfucker to the ground, uh, demolish it. Players, I agree. I think I think Carr's gone. I think they're gonna. I don't know if it's this year though, because the dead cat hits. Okay, I think it might be one more. Well, maybe that's the whole thing. It's all preparing for Vegas. It should be. It should be. This team's it's it's it looks it looks bleak. Um, anything else? Any other guys? Uh, Richard. I thought Jordy Nelson retired. Why didn't he retire? <laughs> he almost did. You're you're. Tr- Treating him like he retired in fantasy, if that helps. <laughs> Love it. All right. Um, let's get to the next game. Jets at the Titans. 
Um, let's start with the Jets. Is Darnold going to be back? Doubt it. They said most likely week 14. Last time I checked, this is week 13. So I'm going to put in a bet for a no here, dog. No. Alright, what else you like? Can McCown get some things going against the Titans? Uh, Crowell, what, what have you? Uh, why, yeah, I'm, I'm, let's just shut up. I'd say we shut up and let Stag Party do it. And Deanie, you get ready for some Titans. Um, yeah, I'm not liking McCown. Not really liking anything out of Crowell. Um, you know, Jermaine Curse had a bunch of catches and and a touchdown, but not much more. The most exciting player and the guy I'll have highest in the rankings is probably Chris Herndon, um, the tight end from Miami. He looks like a player who could provide some things uh, in the yak department. Uh, and he, he's really the only rookie tight end making an impact this season. And they're giving him enough opportunities that he's fantasy viable, but he's not the best tight end to play. I agree. Deanie, that's it. Anything about Jets, or do you want to go over to the Titans? Uh, well, the other, only other guy that you can think about for the Jets uh, that's just getting a ridiculous amount of targets is just Jermaine Curse, you know. But that's the problem. It's just Jermaine Curse. Yes. Yeah. All right, you want the Titans? Um, yeah, remember the Titans. Corey Davis. We forget him. Corey Davis, you know what? Here's the thing. Amazing what he did, you know, only targeted four times in that game. It catches them all for 96 yards with the score and then had the 39-yard run, too. You know, he needs – why can't they start giving this guy eight, nine, ten targets a game and realize that he has the potential to be, you know – uh, one of the top 15 receivers in this league, if not top 10, if you give them the opportunities. And it just seems like everything that, that Mariota and, and the Titans offense does, it's more of the checkdowns. It's it's let's let's drop everything down to Deion Lewis and watch him get crushed. Um, you know, you had – and Jonu Smith, if you want to buy in on that, that was a, a huge play up the middle where there was nobody there. He showed some nice speed. But the problem is, again, this is a team that just doesn't throw the ball enough. They And when they do throw, they throw short. So, you know, in PPR formats, that's why you, you get play from Deion Lewis. But it's not been great play, and you're not getting the touchdowns. So, yeah, it's just – I in this matchup against the, against the Jets, I who would I like to start? Probably – Corey Davis, and that's about it. I mean, I, I'd probably go to Deion Lewis uh, against the Jets. Um, you know, with New England, he's had some pretty good games against them, and we saw his, uh, you know, them target him in the past game. They're giving him just enough rush. Um, you know, Derrick Henry, I'll probably, he might fall into the end zone. But other than that, man, there's not a lot of trustable assets here. Uh, and that includes Marcus Mariota, even though this is a pretty damn good matchup for him. Um, I do think Johnny Smith could be wiped out by uh, Jamal Adams. We saw the kind of defense he was able to put on Gronk last week. Uh, 
that was great. But at, at wide receiver, it, it's Corey Davis and you know Taewon Taylor's been missing. So Tajay Sharp's been the guy you know stepping up the most, but I'm not playing him. Agreed. All right, before we go to this next batch of games, uh, do us a favor and listen to this. Niners and Seahawks. If this was uh, six years ago, this would be the best game of the season. But it's not six years ago. And I think we, when you see the Seahawks well, kind of having a little resurgence the way they are, um, I can see them blowing them out. We'll start with the visiting team, the Niners. Uh, is Nick Mullins, Shanahan said this week, did not play a very good game. Is he still going to be the guy this week? Um, Stags. Let's just kind of let's blaze through a couple of these little matchups here and um, take it from yeah. there. Yeah, Nick Mullins is probably likely to be the guy at least for another week. Um, other than that, you're looking at Matt Breida. He's been one of the most successful uh, rushers this season, doing you know very good things. Um, so I'm looking at Breida to be pretty successful, even against a pretty stout Seahawks defense. Um, George Kittle had one of his you know, more underwhelming games of the season, but I'm not ready to write him off just yet. Uh, you know, a- as a yak and force player, I-, I look for him to, uh, you know, make an impact. Yeah. He, 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 he was targeted 12 times though. So yeah. you, know, you still have that volume there. And the other surprising guy, as long as Marquise Goodwin continues to not play games, you got Dante Pettis who uh, who tends to show up. Let's yeah, move on. Uh, let's move on to the other side. Unless you got something you want to lay on with the Niners. I mean, the only thing with Marquise Goodwin is he sat out for personal reasons last week. Uh, I don't know what personal reasons are, so I'm not going to speculate on if he's back. You know, it could be a long time or it could be, you know, back immediately this week because he looked healthy enough uh, heading into it. Um, Flipping over to the Seahawks side, you've got Chris Carson, rush TD last week. He's got two games in a row with a rush touchdown. Um, Hell, in his only career. Gravity last game. Yeah, I mean, he's athletic as hell, man, so. I'm not – I'm loving Chris Carson this week. Yeah, and the other thing, too, when, you, when you're looking at the, uh, at the wide receivers here, you got, you got David Moore, who has just been steadily producing for them. I think Lockett has is, is got to be locked in. He continues to score touchdowns, and he gave you 100 yards this last week. But, but David Moore, he just is, is a, another guy that they're taking those shots down the field with. He's the one making the bigger plays. Uh, if you would have changed the numbers, you would think that it's he's Doug Baldwin, you know. But Baldwin's pretty much kind of disappeared as, uh, as his fantasy relevance, and uh, and Moore has has proven to be uh, a much better player and, and receiver for Russell Wilson this year. <laughs> yeah, Tyler Lockett though, uh, five catches, one hundred and seven yards, and a touchdown. Um, you know, he's got three games in a row with five catches and 65 yards. 
touchdowns have been there for him this season. I think Lockett's locked into your lineup as a wide receiver three. Um, Moore's a bit more of a dart throw. Uh, Starting Carson and Russell Wilson had his first 300-yard game of the season. He's just playing so clean right now that against the 49ers, I think you like his you know, odds and opportunities. I just don't know how much they're going to ask him to throw. All right. Let's uh, let's move on to that next matchup. Is Penny, uh, any other running backs? Are there any other, like, tertiary players or a tight end? Bennett, uh, me. Who have you? No? I mean, they're not fantasy starters or – even on the cusp, unless, you know, Chris Carson somehow ruled out. Got it. Love it. All right. Minnesota Vikings at New England Patriots. This should be a fucking sick game. I bet you this one's going to be on the um, on CBS or Fox. Let's uh, let's break this one down. Minnesota Vikings, what do you think, Deanie? Cousins kind of looked uh, all right and was able to get the job done uh, the other night. Uh, is this a tougher matchup? It's a tougher matchup, but at the same time, you know, he's going to have to put up points against New England. So um, I, I would say that, you know, he, he's kind of had an up-and-down season. He had a, he was, like, fantastic at the beginning of the year and then fantasy-wise kind of dipped a little bit. Uh, Green Bay kind of brought him back. Uh, he had, you know, a couple nice games against Green Bay. You look at it, how they're going to match up here with, the, with New England, um, you know, Delvin Cook uh, needs to 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 be a factor. Obviously, with your wide receivers, let's start there. You're locked in on Adam Thielen. You're locked in on Stephon Diggs. Um, this is a primetime matchup. This is a team uh, that Minnesota playing for their playoff life, uh, you know, as far as trying to lock into a wild card spot. So I expect uh, this is going to be like an up-and-down game for Kirk Cousins. I don't expect it to be a flawless game. I expect him to throw for over 300 yards, probably to throw for three touchdowns, but uh, at least one, if not two interceptions. Uh, one of those could be the difference in the game. Um, you know, also, I don't know how much faith they're going to be having in, in Dan Bailey um, after uh, a couple misses in the last game that they may, you know, end up going for two points a little bit more in this game too. So that provides other potential fantasy points that uh, you might get uh, just because of the uh, situation. You had to bring yeah. it up. Thanks, thanks, Dean. Sorry. Dalvin Cook is right there in RB2 range for me. Um, you know, when he's adding it as a receiver like he did last week, it, it provides a pretty nice floor. Uh, and, you know, caught his first touchdown uh, catch of his career. So when he's adding that, I, I think there's opportunities for him to make big plays. Uh, so I, I'm liking, you know, Cook, in addition to the two um, wide receivers you mentioned. And then we look at, you know, Kyle Rudolph, who they threw to a little bit more and had some success because of it. Um, yeah. Quickly, I didn't mention that because that son of a bitch cost me a game, D-Rex. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He lit it up. That did it. Yeah, that was that was you. All right. Um, got anything else to say on the Vikings, fellas? No. All right. Let's go over to the Patriots. Um, wow, it's gonna be a sweet game. I'm excited. What do you what do you what are you thinking? 
can happen. Uh, Sony Michelle looked like he was uh, concussed, but he came back and started and played uh, more in this in the second part of that game. I thought he was yeah. broken half. Yeah, dude. He they basically they had to pull him off of the grass, and even then he was like, "Where am I?" And then he he, he got more carries and, and touches. It seemed like um, a little weird to me, to be honest. He's fine. I think he's fine. I mean, you come back into the game, I always say you're likely fine, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I'm glad I'm glad to hear it. Uh, Rex, we mentioned Burkhead being pulled back off of the IR. Does that have any uh, fantasy influence? Does that move Sony down? Are they going to ease him into it? Is it more of a playoff run type thing? What are your thoughts, uh, Stag Party, on that? Oh, this is going to be different because – I think Rex Burkhead's going to be active on game days, right? But I don't think he's an instant threat. But he could be the backup for Sonny Michelle in case of injury, and he could be the backup for James White in case of injury. So should either one of these guys get injured, I think he'll have a ton of value. But you know, until that injury, we've got to see something different because right now the Patriots – uh, you know, at eight and three, just have have been sort of treading water, but I don't think they want to change what they've got in Sony Michelle after the investment they put in him. Or you know, we know who James White is in this offense. He's third in the NFL in catches by a running back, uh, and ha- has a bunch of touchdown receptions on the season. Um, and now you got a healthier Gronk. Uh, you know, Josh Gordon looks to be the deep threat. Uh, in the offense, and, uh, you know, Julian Edelman's wide receiver 13 since returning from his injury in PPR league. So just not much has changed overall. Right? It's just a diverse group of pass catchers now. And he was rugby, not injured. Yeah, the other thing, too, the, the, what Rex Burkhead coming back signals, the end of the days of Cordero Patterson as a running back. Uh-huh. <laughs> I miss Maybe. him. I miss him already. He 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 does he does get it done. Um, quick question: My DRX account was uh, tweeted a question by this guy named Derek Noonan. Would you drop Derek Henry for a Rex Burkhead? You never wish for injuries. You never want such a thing. But would you just thinking about the situation? Would you do that just in case? Have you ever played? Has he ever played? Derrick Henry this season. I had to once during a double bye week. <laughs> he gave up the persona. He did. He no, the, yeah, he just t- he just tweeted me that. Yeah, and he probably didn't like it. He got me a touchdown, like literally two carries. <laughs> um, All right, it's me. Fine. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on. I'll do it. I'm, I write down just so you know. And I hey, boys. You guys that listen to the show, I think Houdini does it. I don't know. Maybe Stag has done it a few times while one of us has come up with something great. But during our shows, I have always have a post-it of my pickups because after these shows are over and I'm, like, sitting around watching either it be imported, exported, uploaded, I actually get, like, about 40 minutes to actually do shit. I go and I put my waiver wire claims in. So I'm writing down Rex Burkett. I did Carlos Hyde. And uh, 
Really, the only thing I'm worried about is some uh, maybe some running back depth as the uh, as the playoffs run on. All right, let's go on. No more uh, Gronk. Let's do Gronk. Locked in, I think. Yeah, locked in. Rolling, rolling. Edelman, yeah. Josh Gordon. I think you're locking in pretty much any Patriot you own. Yeah, I like it. All right, we're going to Los Angeles at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow, Los Angeles, 8-3. No one's necessarily talking about them. <clears throat> we'll start with Rivers. <clears throat> what do you have, one incompletion? Breaking a record, I think at one point I saw it, it was like 25 of 25 completions in that game. Pretty Pretty awesome. Houdini, I'll let you start, buddy. I couldn't tell if he broke the record or if he tied the record with Tannehill for most uh, consecutive completions. So he broke, he broke one to start the game, and then I believe he broke one for most consecutive uh, over two games or over however many. He definitely nice. started the game with a record. I think he's tied right now for his end of game. One well, game. I think the thing is here, when you look at the Chargers, um, everything that you've known about the Chargers up to this point is going to change because you're not going to have Melvin Gordon. Um, that makes a big difference. So, uh, you know, obviously Austin Eckler, next man up, uh, we'll see an increased role. Uh, the other guys that, uh, that you might see is going to be uh, Justin Jackson um, uh, and, uh, and what's the other guy's name, uh, Des. Destron Newsom is that his name? <laughs> um, so no, yeah. Is, so, so is Justin Jackson, your pickup. I know I, I'm not going to get him. Is he your pickup to replace while it's in while he's off and injured? Um, is is that is that your guy for Gordon replacement? Yeah, um, I, think, I, I think he's the guy. That, guy, but right, Eckler, Eckler's the main guy. This is the guy that is able to pick up some of those extra carries. Uh, because Eckler's not going to be able to handle as big of a workload as Melvin Gordon was, right? So you you are still going to have to spread it around a little bit more. But I think this is also going to be good for Phillip Rivers' owners as well as for uh, Keenan Allen and, and all the other receivers where the you know, the Williams boys have been kind of hit or miss. You know, Mike got the two touchdowns this last week, but the yards haven't been there. I, I really think now without Gordon, if he, you know, for however many games, but especially in this game, uh, this becomes a Rivers probably close to 40 pass attempts and, you know, probably going to be throwing over 300 to 350, uh, 350 yards in this game, I got a feeling. Yeah, I, I do think they're going to run a more spread open system uh, and they're not going to run the football as much. They're just going to let Phillip Rivers distribute. Uh, it's going to be short passing game, uh, <laughs> serving as the run game, but – I do think Justin Jackson has a chance to be the leader in the clubhouse for rush attempts while Gordon's gone because I don't think they want to pump up Austin Eckler too much. But I do agree with Houdini. This is going to be a more spread open passing uh, attack, and and they're going to ask more from all of Keenan Allen, uh, Antonio Gates, Tyrell Williams, and Mike Williams, maybe even some Travis Benjamin. I, I just think they're going to do a lot more. Stag party. Uh, say something, Dini, but let's let Stag party do his last hurrah with uh, the Steelers and anything else in this game because it sounds like um, he's about his computer's about to go out 
and he doesn't have a charger. Where the hell are you right now? I'm at home, but both my my cats, my cats have chewed my chargers, so now I need to go buy him. <laughs> That's awesome. Your cats that, no, Beyonce's cats. Your that, cats that, Beyonce's. I mean, one of them is mine now. <laughs> or they're both mine. I love <laughs> All right, buddy. Hey, tell uh, tell um, McNay that you're going to be late to work. You got to take a long lunch to buy a bunch of uh, uh, <laughs> chargers for computers. Uh, just so you know, you keep going, stag party, do your thing. It's you'll probably uh, Houdini. He'll probably be dropped off by the time we get to the last game. Yeah. Go, go for it on Pittsburgh. It's all you. Yes. Yeah, so on Pittsburgh, we saw you know Juju Smith Schuster step up and be the guy and make a gigantic ninety-seven yard touchdown. Um, James Conner looks to be fizzling a bit down the stretch. Um, but he's still locked into your lineups. He's got a lot of touchdown upside, reception upside. Uh, I just don't know what his, you know, overall workload is in the NFL. It's been, uh, hasn't been proven yet. We didn't know if he could handle 300 plus touches and and that's becoming a little bit of an issue now. Um, you know, the rest of the guys, Jesse James, Vance McDonald, uh, they're there, but, probably playing Brown, Juju, Connor, and, you know, Big Ben at home in a primetime game and a game that they've got to uh, make some moves on. I think that one's pretty good for him. Nice. Dini, lay it on. You got anything else you want to uh, – you think Antonio Brown's in, in our lineups? <laughs> I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Who, stag party, nice work. He's out. He's gonna. He's not gonna. He's not gonna. Oh, he's out. We got him. I heard him bounce out of the conference. <laughs> we knew it. He 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 was on the little chat on the side in Uber conference. He's like, "All right, I'm at five. I'm at four. I'm at three. <laughs> so we gave him his little his little uh, last hurrah there before he had to dial out, and he gone. Um, all right. Anything else you want to talk about, uh, Deanie on? The Steelers game, or now that we've got uh, that old lump of logs off the show, anything you want to talk about in general? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 turn the conversation. I know. Um, Here's a conversation. I'll say a p- piece of news that came out today. Uh, ABC, uh, obviously, they're totally in bed and sisters with ESPN, who have owned the NFL draft uh, forever as long as I've been a football fan and Chris Berman's been around, let's say. Uh, But today they announced that ABC will be showing the entire NFL draft on ABC. Uh, I don't know if you saw that news today, Deanie, but how crazy is that? ESPN will still get to hold it, and I'm sure NFL Network will hold it as well. But on ESPN, they're going to be changing a couple things up. I think they're going to stretch out – the first round is going to be one day, but I think the second round is going to be one day as well. So it's going to be four days. This is this year. Nashville, which Nashville's um, uh, draft is going to be all fully on ESPN and fully on uh, – I mean, fully on ABC and fully on ESPN. Well, Pretty crazy, right? 
I, I, I don't mind if they, they want to put it on a, on ABC. I mean, look, this is a major uh-huh. event. You get a lot of eyes on it, right? The smart thing would be if they're showing the exact same broadcast on ESPN. I don't think it'll be the same. It'll so, be different. It'll be ABC guys that are doing it. I think, yeah, it's the same thing. It's like, I agree. What's what do you gain? But, but here's the other thing. Think about. Wouldn't it be cooler that you could you could actually do some other interesting things to follow the draft too on ESPN? If you're saying, okay, here's our. You want to follow all the main just regular draft stuff? Watch this. Maybe you you could do more like real vignettes about all of these different players and stuff, right? And really yeah. educate the, 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 the people on who, who these guys are. Um, Maybe they're so. going to – I don't know. They haven't, like, said what their plan is. All I know is, like, ABC is going to be showing the draft. And I don't – you know, maybe even – I don't know how ABC works. Maybe ABC's got, like, seven channels now, like NBA, MSN does or NBC does. I don't know. Uh, but it was news that came out today, ABC <laughs> – is, is going to be covering the draft in full. ESPN still does. They're on the same company, Disney. And then uh, I figure, me, I, me, I got to think the NFL Network gets to cover it as well. Uh, but maybe the NFL Network has to throw Mayock and their guys at ABC. Um, and they're just like, hey, Mayock, you're on ABC this week uh, because no, we're getting paid no. a little money to, to do that. I don't know. No, 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 no. Those guys, the NFL Network will always have their own because it's their product. So uh, they'll always be showing it. Now, the difference is who are the ABC guys? It's the ESPN guys. That is their, uh, their sports crew. So it's basically just moving the ESPN guys to ABC for the night or the week or whatever. Maybe they divvy them up a little more. Kuiper gets ESPN and uh, what's the other guy? Yeah, Michelle gets ESPN, and maybe they'll figure out a way, or I mean ABC, and they'll figure out a way to divvy it up. Anyway, something uh, something that I read today that I thought was interesting. I with I've never been to Nashville. I think I've got to do another trip for a buddy before or after that. But God, that sounds really fun. After those two drafts that were here. In Chicago, one was beautiful weather and one was awful, but they were both fun as hell. Um, well, Nashville's better weather, and uh, it's a great town, uh, great music, great food. You know, yeah. not that, and it's not that far, dude. No, no. All you, right. Um, anything else you want to talk about in life? Any seen any good shows this weekend? No, I haven't seen a good show in a while. Um, I've been like so bogged down with everything else, so uh, I don't even know what. Want to go see a good show with me on Friday at the Vic at the the Vic, not the Vic. What? Uh, Phosphorescent. Possibly, yeah. Let me just, uh, I just got to make check with the wife, make sure I'm uh, I'm free. <laughs> that would be awesome if you can. You will really like that. Phosphorescent, check that band out. Anyone in Chicago, him and Matt um, and uh, Kevin Morby are my favorite new chill uh, instrumentalists, artists, songwriter kind of guys. Uh, Phosphorescent's basically one dude, sick. Um, and then... They're playing in Chicago on Friday. All right, let's get back to football. You got anything else in the Steelers, or are we going to go to this Monday night? Let's go to this Monday night. All right, Monday night, Redskins at the Eagles. Obviously, it's going to be a different Redskins game than if it was a couple weeks ago. Um, Now that you got Colt McCoy leading the charge and didn't necessarily look great this week. Um, Had some moments, but had some duds. 
dropped some knowledge. Dini, what do you think can happen for fantasy football owners with this slate of guys on the Redskins? I really don't think that Colt McCoy is actually such a a bad thing to have happen to the team because um, actually what it does is kind of it brings different players to the forefront. Uh, Kind of interesting that you get the resurgence of Jordan Reed with Colt McCoy, a a guy who actually looks for him and targeted him eight times, and he caught six passes for 75 yards. Um, The other guy that, like, comes out of nowhere – Again, is uh, Josh Doxson, you know, and maybe this is, you know, while Doxson's been up and down with the starting lineup, but, you know, playing with Colt McCoy a lot with the second team maybe has that uh, relationship. And uh, you saw that too with Trey Quinn. I'm not going to buy into the uh, Trey Quinn stuff, but Doxson becomes interesting because we know that he has some some bigger playability. Um, and the Eagles defense uh, this year is, has not been what they were in their Super Bowl year. Uh, you know, they're, they're not uh, winning the takeaway giveaway battle. Uh, so, you know, this is, this is kind of one of those ones where you, you look like, okay, we can take advantage of it. And, you know, if you're an Adrian Peterson owner, he got game planned out of that last game with uh, Dallas. So, you know, if they're able to, to keep this one much closer, which I believe that it will be, uh, you should see Adrian Peterson have a, a better opportunity to, uh, to come back and give you a decent game. Um, but man, I'm, Jordan Reed is the one that makes me happy to have Colt McCoy there. And, yeah. you know, yeah, he, he gives you some bad. He threw three interceptions, but he got you two touchdowns. And for fantasy purposes, you know, you're off on the waiver wire looking at guys. He also runs with the ball. Um, you know, I thought almost on one play he almost got killed, but. Uh, you know. He's not scared to take a hit. No, he's definitely not. Well, I like what you said with uh, Colt McCoy and the Dachshund element. Uh, over the three years, I think Dachshund's in his third year now. Um, you know that guy's caught a lot of passes and run a lot of routes um, from Colt McCoy as he's eased himself uh, up in the up in the pecking order of the uh, Redskins. But has he really? He's not the wide receiver one still. So I think him and uh, Colt McCoy um, have – Played a lot of uh, toss and catch together, which is a great thing for him. Um, yeah, again, absolutely. am I excited about trying to bring a, a Dachshund into the mix at this point in the season? Of course not. But if you got nothing better um, or you're doing a DFS thing, which if you're doing that, amen to you. Uh, Dachshund and uh, McCoy could be the the real McCoy. Uh, well, here's the other thing about Dachshund. You know, obviously, maybe you're not going to want to – grab them for traditional waiver wire, but what if you're in a, a, a dynasty league, right? And this is maybe your last week before they lock uh, lineups in. He's a guy that's available and you can grab him for a dollar or something. That's a great investment for next year. Yeah. That's a first rounder. And he's, he's actually not that bad. And some, uh, <laughs> he's not that bad. No, I think he's a good player. I think he's just one of those guys that it's taking a bit a bit longer for him to, you know, kind of figure out the NFL uh, and figure out where the mark he can make. I bet you he's a guy that actually will do more on the next team he plays with um, than he does in the current one. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go over to Philadelphia Eagles. Pulled out that victory off the Giants we talked about earlier. Brought them to five and six. It's a whole different ball game with them. Um, I mean, I'll help you out here. Ertz, guy's a beast, pretty much it. 
I think at this point, because of the bye week, Ertz is the number one. Uh, well, let me ask you a question. Let me ask, can I ask Go you a ahead. question? I, I look at this, uh, at the Eagles team, and in particular at Carson Wentz, right? A guy who the, I think both you and I have been very high on. Um, and I'm just not seeing that awesome play now, you know, that we saw from him before the injury. So I'm wondering how much of this is like based on injury, because you can't say that he doesn't have weapons to throw the ball to uh, with Ertz, Jeffrey, uh, now Golden Tate, uh, Nelson Aguilar, Godert, you know, um, he got weapons, but he's not, he's not throwing for a ton of yards. I think, I think this is going to be a push season for the Eagles, which is okay. They're, that happens when you're a Super Bowl winner. And they're going to have to really figure out the cadence and the arrangement of this team. It, there's too many wide receivers here. There's too many running backs here. Obviously, there's injuries and suspensions and whatnot happening, but there's too many moving parts here. There's not a team. And um, – it's just the only spot where you know is is locked down is is hurts and the and and Wentz, but there's just too much stuff, too many moving parts here, and these guys haven't partied together enough, you know. Yeah, um, I think they need. I think even thinking that Wentz didn't play the first two games of the season, he wasn't in there in preseason. How much do we talk about in our draft kit when me and you are doing pros and cons? And when you, uh, we're doing these uh, podcast shows leading up to the season during the summer, it's like, dude, if you're not in preseason of playing with these guys, it, you don't just get dropped in, even if you were the MVP 14 months earlier, week three, and all of a sudden everything's hunky-dory and we're right back uh, where we started. This, this season was, was a shot one for many reasons, injuries being a big part. Um, Obviously, love Wentz for a career arc and what he's going to be able to do. He's going to be a high quarterback ranked for me going into next draft. But I just don't. I just don't think this team is is been together enough to be able to gel together enough to get stuff done. Again, I'm, I'm doing big picture stuff in this game. Who knows? Fucking uh, Wentz, and, and this is the way it probably will happen with this guy. The next four or five games, he's going to light it up. We're like, oh, thank God, he <laughs> is awesome. He he is awesome. This is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So you're pumped for the off season. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. I know what you mean, man. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> that was that was awesome. <laughs> he he knows uh, he knows what he's doing, man. Let me tell you another guy who knows what he's doing. Kurtz. I mean, Kurtz is just—he's just got it going on, man. Oh my God, it's so funny. Um, all right, I think uh, you got anything else to say, or should well, we do a virtual let, high five and let, shut let, this party down? Let, let's just say this. I mean, uh, I think you can rely on Josh Adams. I think they realize that that he is the the best consistent threat at the running back. You know, he got twenty two carries last week, eighty four yards and a score. Uh, so, so that's good to see. Um, he's, he's not really going to give you much as a receiver, but, uh, you know, uh, but that's a solid guy that if you're looking at for like a flex or a, a, a 12, uh, 14 man league, look for a running back too. I think he fits in there. Um, I, I think the problem is with golden Tate and Alshon Jeffrey and all these other guys that are not named Ertz, 
they really have eaten into each other. And this being a divisional matchup, uh, this being one where, you know, you could have uh, weather be uh, something that affects it. I don't know that you really have a super strong play. If I'm going to make my pick out of those, I, I guess I would lean toward Jeffrey just for his uh, bigger playmaking ability and, uh, you know, and his, and his sure hands, especially if it's a weather game. But um, I'll yeah. say one thing about Alshon, and this is he had a nice little two, three game run right when he came back. And I was like, yes. Super psyched. I drafted that guy in the teens. No, everyone was staying away. It's like him and Aaron Jones were two guys. So I was like, you know what? These guys are out. I was, you were able to get them in 12, 13, 14 round. And you're just like, all right, I'm going to sit on these guys. I was happy with uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Since then, because he came out like that, every single site stat, whether it's CBS, every single expert, across all the different sites, or if you just go to Fantasy Pros and you look at them, everyone's got Alshon. Even on our text thread, Wheeler, he's a beast. The guy's top ten right now. But he, he's all. everyone's always like, oh, I would do Alshon over that guy. Every time over the last few weeks, I'm like, you know what, I'm just not feeling Alshon. And I went with the other guy, and Alshon ended up with four for 56, zero touchdowns. Um, it's not looking good. Right now, with Alshon, for the exact reason you said, there's a lot of miles to feed. Aguilar was awesome last year. Um, yep. Uh, so was Alshon when he played. Alshon doesn't always play. Now you got Golden Tate, who's considerably one of the sturdiest wide receivers in the league. I mean, there's just a lot of moving parts. The only steady, in my opinion, there is Ertz. And uh, as you said, Keep your eye on Adams. If he's available, pick him up because this is a guy that could be like that fluke last two game winner um, as they just mail it in and say, you know what, uh, we're, we're figuring out what we got for the offseason. Uh, but, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully this is a good game. Deanie, are we done? I think we're done. Deanie. All right, buddy. Uh, always a pleasure to talk fantasy with you. Stag party, good to talk fantasy with you earlier. Houdini, I love you, but not so love you. Good stuff, buddy. All right, man. Next time, hopefully we'll do the next one in person. No, next one for sure. Let's do it. All right. Pyros, episode 331, week 13, out.